0: Yeah, it's like definitely a good problem to have. Well, there's no weed into the grinder. All right, well, let's just put some weed in the grinder. You know, um, well, hey, uh, just before we get into it, I want to remind our listening audience that this is episode number two hundred and ninety three of the Illinois podcast, and if you look on Spotify or SoundCloud or wherever. You stream the Chillanoi podcast. You might be confused because the numbers are out of order. You know, you might be listening to 293 right now, and maybe 292 and 291 are consecutively there, but then maybe the numbers jump around and are out of order. It's because we release all of our episodes in order on Patreon, then we release those episodes at a later date for absolutely free on all streaming platforms. Um, Patreon is the best way to support our podcast. It only costs $3 a month. You get exclusive access to all episodes of the chillinoy podcast. And um, yeah, like I say, it's just the best way to support the work um, that we're doing. If you're not able to do that, I'll take your support by way of a positive review. Give us a thumbs up or share it with your friends and family, you know, tell them that, We're talking about drugs and cool things on the Chillin' podcast, and uh, I would greatly appreciate your support. Today, today's conversation kind of started during episode number 291, so if you'd like to get some further context and other perspectives, start with episode 291 with Ethan, then you can go to episode 292 with Allison. Today, episode 293 with DJ, DJ Davis. DJ, welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: going great um very happy to be able to talk about my experience and um hopefully shed a little bit more light on you know what it's like to be not just within the cannabis industry but some of the struggles i think some people are uh coming across since it is such a new industry but
0: yeah yeah, and I guess do you want to start more broadly with just like some of the issues you've you've all faced, and then because I get the sense that there's you're kind of going through your own individual uh, you know circumstances. Um, so I don't know what be- how best you want to approach this, but
1: yeah, um, I mean, I guess I'll just kind of introduce myself a little bit, in my situation, sure. like you know I've been you know, with the company for, like, let's see, it was January 2022. So, I mean, it's been about a year and a half um, going on. And, you know, I I will say one of the things that I commonly hear from a lot of people, um, especially at the location that I work at, is that the people that we work with is really what makes the job fantastic. Um, You know, and, like, if you look at any of our reviews online, it's probably the thing that we get reviewed the most on is how great the staff is, how chill everybody is when you have a conversation with them. And truthfully, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to even get into the cannabis industry is because, you know, um, I have Crohn's disease, um, as well as I'm autistic. And, you know, for me, cannabis has been such a huge part of my life. It's really helped me with, um, being able to like tamper down some of my symptoms, kind of relax my mind, think a little clearer sometimes. Um, and so I just, you know, I wanted to have a space where I could talk with other people, share my experiences. And truthfully, I think when I actually did the interview that was because um, they do like big group interviews with people. So that was kind of, <laughs> I, I remember like my experience going into it was kind of interesting because I have never done a group interview before. And I was sat down in a room with like eight other people and everybody seemed to have really good answers. And I felt like I wasn't going to get hired because my answers. Oh, wait, were-
0: you were, you were like literally, so I thought you were meant like, you has got that sat down at a table and eight people are interviewing you. You mean like other people were being interviewed?
1: Oh no, it was one person interviewing eight people.
0: Holy So they would
1: round Robin. Yeah. They would round Robin at a table. They had us in different rooms. And, um, and so it'd be one interviewer who would basically ask the same question and then would like point to you and say, okay, well now what's your response? What's your response? (laughs) Um, so it was like very, uh, especially for somebody who's autistic and like, I'm not good with social interaction. Um, you know, that was something that was kind of weird and different for me um and i really you know i'm hearing some of the answers that people are giving um like we i had this one guy in my group who i guess he used to be like a bouncer at a restaurant or a bar or something here in chicago so he just kept saying like oh yeah man like i just love weed and like i just think it'd be cool to talk to other and she was like "Well, what like she would ask questions like well how would you relate to people you know about cannabis and he'd be like well i smoke it and i'm like Okay. Whereas my answers would be more <laughs> like, well, you know, I consume cannabis to help me with my disease and such and such. And and it was funny because when I started saying it out loud, I started noticing after about one or two questions, people started molding their answers after I would speak, they would start molding it after, uh, what I would say. So, sure. uh, and I actually, I don't even know if any of the people got hired besides myself in my group, but Um, at least not at my location, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, you know, again, it all just kind of goes back to like, you know, I, I came into the experience, um, with an expectation. Um, and I think that that's important. I think it's important to set those expectations up front. I think they did a great job. Um, you know, the company in general setting that expectation. And, you know, if you look at all of their literature online, it all says kind of the same tone something along the lines of like hey we want to be uh you know we want to we want to grow together with with like-minded individuals we want to make it uh not such a taboo thing and we just want to kind of have a good time while doing it uh kind of building up this industry from the ground up and that's what really attracted me to uh, sunnyside in general um but you know after the first couple months it was, you know, again, me being autistic, it was very jarring <laughs> at first coming into a building that had 60 plus people. Um, and most of them were there almost every day because this was, I know in the previous episode, some people talked about um, the bathroom situation, <laughs> which I'll touch on that in a minute. But um, before that, ha- you know, I was hired before that really went down. And so I got a taste of what it was like to, You know, I worked with people and I won't, you know, dive too far into this, but, you know, it was kind of talked about and I kind of like heard some rumblings, but like we had people that were on very different sides of the political spectrum, you know, Um, and if you've even been into our location, you'll know that we have a pretty liberal cast of, of members on our team. Um, not that it needs to be that way, but it, you know, again, another thing that really opened me up to kind of being like, wow, this is a really cool experience. Like I've worked with people that I don't dis- or that I don't agree with, um, when it comes to certain political or just, you know, a lot of different beliefs. Um, but it was really cool just to be able to be like, Hey, like we all have a common goal here. We all have a common love here. And at the end of the day, like, we don't need to talk about all those things. We leave them at the door. Um, and we all just kind of mesh and vibe together. And so I got a really good, uh, taste of that within the first couple of months. Um, and then it really was because I started in January, it was, I think the bathroom situation that was kind of the catalyst to pop off a bunch of other situations. And I've heard from, you know, other people that there were, uh, other situations that happened there were rumors of you know people of color maybe not getting uh certain opportunities that you know other people were getting i can't speak to that because i wasn't there but it was kind of like an eyebrow raiser because we had you know like a a lady who was a person of color and she had been a supervisor since i mean she was like the longest tenured employee there and she kept you know, asking people like, why am I not being moved up into management? Like I've applied multiple times um, and she's no longer with the company, but you know, she was asking those, those questions herself. And every time I talked to her, I mean, she was probably the most beloved, uh, you know, shift leader that we had there. And so I kind of started, you know, I started raising my eyebrow at that point too, and saying, okay, well, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that there's you know some uh <laughs> conspiracy going on but um it is kind of something to kind of keep on your radar uh, especially being a person of color myself um but yeah so you know i think again it, it, the bathroom situation that really kind of started a lot of this uh, the the animosity between the unionized members of sunnyside versus the corporate like managers and and you know uh, corporate themselves as an entity, um, I'd say that started somewhere around like April or May of last year, and I remember again because this was such a big situation for me. Multiple things had happened. I know a few of my coworkers kind of already talked about this, but um, you know they ended up shutting the upstairs lounge down. You know I really enjoyed my time being able to go up there. They had couches and um it it definitely wasn't the safest environment i mean there was like floorboards that were buckled literally like a tp tent um that people were tripping over all the time um i think when they had an inspector come they said that something was wrong with the skylight but i never saw any issues with the skylight but apparently they saw some type of issues i don't know um and that's from what we were told is what condemned the upstairs area Um, I mean, I knew that there was leaks and things like that all the time too. But, um, again, it was just, it was, it was a nice vibe to be able to get away, to be able to step off the sales floor, you know, from dealing with customers all the time and be able to go upstairs and like, take your break, take your lunch break and just sit there. People were taking naps on their breaks. I mean, it was like our own cannabis version of like a Google office, you know, We had our little pod set up in a corner or something. People would go up there and play games or, you know, whatever. Um, And so it was just really chill vibes. And again, the bathroom situation happened. They had to close the upstairs bathrooms for us, um, close the whole lounge upstairs eventually, locked it off. And I just, you know, I think the reoccurring theme that you're going to hear from me is that you know, I have previous managerial experience, so I've been a manager in a past job, a corporate sales manager as well, um, for two years at a, a pretty big name company. And I had never had any managerial experience going into that. Um, I was actually reached out to via LinkedIn for that job. And it, I think it's just interesting that like, to me, I think it's just the way that you handle situations. Um, that really sets the tone. And I just think that a lot of situations haven't been handled the best. Um, you know, they have us take these trainings where they say, Hey, we want to hear your experiences. We want to, you know, um, uh, we have an open door policy. We want you to tell us when things are not, you know, feeling the right way. Because again, that is the expectation coming into this. That's why I want to start with that, because that that is the expectation when you, you know, going into the very first interview, that is how they set the expectation. We want to hear from you. We want to make this a chill vibe, chill environment. So it's just very off-putting to to have managers where you're having these issues, you go and you tell them about them. Um, And so kind of circling this back to like the upstairs lounge area, you know, I just came into work one day and they were like, yeah, it's closed. And they put a, a padlock on it. I'm like a padlock, you know, they don't, They don't trust us enough to just say like, hey, you can't go up there anymore or whatever. Um, I ended up hearing that I guess an AIC had gone up there on uh, one of his breaks. He had dealt with a difficult customer or something, and he needed to blow off some steam. He went up there, and this was after they had already told us that that it was closed down. They let the dude go, and he was a fantastic AIC. Um, Everybody actually- Agent in
0: charge for people that are listening. Yes. Adrian Sorry. in charge. Yes. No, it's all good. It's Adrian all good.
1: in charge. I usually, I call him like supervisors because that's just what people know him as better. But um, yeah, this guy, I mean, people absolutely love this guy. And to my knowledge, he had no strikes, no warnings, no nothing. Um, he makes one mistake. He goes up there just thinking, hey, I just had a really difficult interaction. You know, especially being a supervisor, they do they're given a lot of responsibility. I've never seen, again, I can only speak to my experience being a manager. I had a assistant um, when I, you know, when I was a manager, I barely gave her stuff to do. <laughs> I, I I mean, and I don't mean that to sound so like, you know, I, it's not like I didn't trust her. I knew she could do a fantastic job and I I did push her on certain things, but like, you know, I just, I'm that kind of person where like if I'm the manager and I'm making more money, I feel like I should be taking on more responsibility. That's just in my opinion, I don't know, maybe I'm a one-off person on that. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah, I just, you know, it was just odd to me that like, you know, first, you know, the AICs in general are given so much responsibility in there. I mean, they're in charge of, you know, closing the place down, opening the place up. Um, you know, and keep in mind there's usually a manager, but to be fair, I don't really know what the managers do. It's there's not a lot of transparency.
0: Don't they have to sign off on all orders or something too? Like, is that the person that when you're when they're like bag check, the agent in charge comes over and like signs the receipt? Is that who does that?
1: They did. Um, I mean, they did kind of go away with that. We would have the 420 check. So we would again, oh, yeah, 420 and say 420. And people actually kind of like that. Um, it was very awkward and weird for me for starting but um i got a hang of it too and you know again me be, being just like a quieter person in general i'd be like 420 yeah <laughs> and then they'd be like huh um but yeah i mean we, you know they've i mean they've actually cut down a lot of our aics you know and that that's a whole nother thing i'll take a quick side note on that they had an aic they they were telling us um because they took away the whole 420 checks like double checking uh, everyone's orders you know they they said okay well we don't need as many aics because that's one less responsibility that they have okay fair and then i asked the question to our district manager and said well then how many aics are we looking to have because i think we had at that time like 8 like 8 or 9 so we had a good amount and they said well we only want to have like 6 okay so then a few people had found better opportunities elsewhere For either more money, better benefits, whatever. Eventually, it got down to five, and we saw a posting go up for an AIC position. Well, I mean, there was like twenty people that signed up wanting to be an AIC, myself included. Um, we waited around for a couple weeks, and then. Eventually one of my good buddies that works there, he uh he actually went up to one of the managers one day and was like, Hey, what's going on with this position? Like it's been a few weeks. You guys had us sign up for this, you had a deadline, it's been a few weeks past this deadline when the cutoff was, you know, when are we gonna hear about at least starting the interview process, um, how it's gonna be handled, whatever. And he was told, Oh, well, we're not gonna do the AIC position anymore. So they actually never made an official announcement. Um, we all just heard it from this guy, who heard it from a manager, and so one by one, a lot of us who had been signing up, uh, and even some people who didn't sign up, they started going to the manager and saying, "Like, hey, is this true? Is this?" True? And I think eventually, I got put into a pre-roll meeting, which is just what we call our like morning meetings before we open the the store. Um, you know, I think it eventually got put in there, you know, but again, this was like well over a month after having the position, not only up, but closed for uh, any new signups. And, you know, so it was just kind of disheartening. Again, it's like a reoccurring trend of like, why is it so hard to handle these types of situations and have this transparency with your staff? You know, like, what are you afraid of? You know, especially because like, I don't think I don't think i can not say this but um within our union contract like we have it set up where we can't strike we can't have a stoppage of work or uh, yeah uh, you're stoppage. allowed
0: to say that other people have said it too uh yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. it's like
1: you know yeah i don't think there's like a privacy clause or anything no no <laughs> um so it's just like again you have it, it, like, I, I guess in my mind, I'm like, you know, to me, it doesn't make sense if I put myself in their shoes, like, what are you scared of? Like, what are we going to do by giving us uh, bad news? You know, it is what it is. It's a business at the end of the day. And I understand that. I think it's, there's a way to handle that. And there's a way to give bad news to your staff and your employees, and still be able to turn around and say, Hey, you know, what? I know a lot of you guys were looking forward to this, you know, leadership position, but Um, you know, it's something that the company doesn't want to move forward with. And, you know, I want to keep, you know, and even just giving us that reassurance and saying, Hey, you know, I know there's about 20 of you that were interested in this position. Um, the next time that the position comes available, I'm going to give preference to those people first, because, you know, this position had, you know, whatever, and just do it that way. Or, you know, something to kind of set people at ease and kind of say like, Hey, I know this is a bummer. And I know that you guys were really looking forward to this, but moving forward, you know, let's try to keep morale up. Let's, you know, I want to make it right. Well, Is something, you know, um, we never really got that. It, it's almost like any time that something bad happens to us as the employees and we rightfully so have some type of concern about it and say something, it's, you know, I, I haven't been there in the past few weeks. Um I've actually been in the hospital the past couple of months Um, just came out of like a major surgery, but uh, I've been seeing people say like, you know, they've been hearing from managers that they're being called whiny children or something like that, uh, or pouty children or something along those lines. And I believe it because I've, I've heard those things firsthand, you know? Um, So, you know, again, and this just circles back to the whole upstairs lounge situation You know, they fired this dude who everybody loved. Um, He had like no warnings, no nothing. You know, why why could it not be a situation where, again, if I was in charge, I would sit down with the dude and say, hey, we told you, everybody, that like this is condemned for safety reasons or whatever the reasons are. You know, we know you went up there. We got to write you up for that, um, you know, because corporate wants us to or whatever. I mean, if it was me, I probably wouldn't write somebody up for that <laughs> in general. Like, I'd just be like, hey, please don't do that because you're you're supposed to be a leader. You know, people look up to you and they're going to follow your example. Please don't do that. Um, but if you really feel like you need to write somebody up for it, okay, s- have, sit down, have that meeting with them and and make sure they understand the importance of why they're implementing some practices or some, you know, um you know, whatever's, you know, in place, some rules, um, or some red tape in general. Uh, but again, this, no warning, no, no nothing. Everybody loves this guy. Everybody looks up to him and he makes one mistake and boom, chopping black. He's, he's gone. Um, and from there, I think that's where we started seeing a very quick spiral downward. We had the bathroom situation. I brought up multiple times, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable because I have Crohn's disease, which I'll explain it just for people who don't know. It's a gastrointestinal disease, which is why I was in the hospital. Um, You know, I had to get some of my intestines cut out and um, like the really infected part and kind of sewn back together. And so for me, like if I got to go to the bathroom and there's a few people actually that work there that have similar um, diseases or disabilities. And so, you know, I have it put, you know, like when I first started there, um, a lot of people don't know, but, you know, when you have a disability like that, I always strongly urge people, And maybe this is my quick PSA to everyone out there. If you have a disability, please, please, please set the expectation up front with your managers, let them know. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's not something that you should be um, hiding if anything, it's something that you really, really, really need to make sure that managers understand um, and that they know how to best try to help you. And this is going to come back up later with my story. Um, Because, you know, the managers, not every manager knows, as I've come to find out, like even what autism means, you know, like, or they have a preconceived notion of what it means. Um, You know, if you have a disability and you have, it diagnosed from a doctor or whatever do the extra couple steps to get accommodations put in place. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy list of accommodations for me. Like I had accommodations set up so that I could have an extra 15 minutes on my lunch break so that I could have extra leniency with, um, coming in late to work or even calling off because they have a pretty strict like point system where if you call in late or if you uh, are running late or, um, don't give enough heads up if you're going to be calling off. Uh, you'll recruit points. And then obviously, if you have enough points, you get fired. Um, and a lot of places have a, a similar system like that. That obviously is very hard for me to sometimes abide by because, again, with my disease, sometimes if I got to go to the bathroom, I got to go right away. And so I brought these concerns up pretty early on to the management group. Um, and other people as well who have similar disabilities at work. And I think that's where we started getting a lot of that friction building up um, because the management, I just don't think they knew how to handle so many people with disabilities, you know, um, especially disabilities that are being affected by a situation that they really didn't have a lot of control over. And again, this to me really comes back to like, it's how you handle these situations. It's how you talk to people um, and treat them really just like people. Um People that have things going on in their lives. Like, I had no say in whether I got this disease or not. You know, it's just, it's something that unfortunately I got diagnosed when I was like 13 years old, you know, um, and I'm just going to have to live with it for the rest of my life. And it is what it is. Um, but, you know, we started having these issues with the bathrooms, and, you know, they closed the upstairs bathrooms to us uh, shortly after. And so that really limited us to just having the two bathroom situation. And as I know, Other people have talked about, I mean, I have pictures I have, and I don't mind showing them if, you know, if you want to see them or if that's, you know, whatever, but like, I have so many pictures of times where our bathrooms were being flooded. We have little drain holes uh, on the floor. And so we had sewage coming up Um, and it was just not breathable air. Sometimes, you know, you go in there and it just literally reeks of sewage, like not, not that there is a good sewage, but just really bad sewage smell. Um, you know, and, and people just like they, people, I, I kid you not, if you ask, <laughs> if you ask half the people at the store, uh, what bathroom they would prefer, there's, there is a, there's an answer to that.
0: <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, let's, you know, what's funny is that we, uh, showed. I didn't realize you could do this. I can actually virtually tour the store. Let's do it. Oh, um, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> so what's funny is here i am in the corner they so they showed us here's where the consultations happen right along yeah. this wall here Yep. Yeah. um and there's where all the bud tending stations are off in the far corner so we're gonna turn around and look at the bathrooms you want to see something funny oh god out of order out of
1: order yep i mean god and those signs fall off
0: yeah it looks like it's barely hanging on yeah um, I can't go down the hallway, was, unfortunately, but that's as far the as I can times
1: That they that they would have it fixed. They have a plumber come. I mean, it was m- every single week they would have multiple times a week they would have a plumber come, tell them, "Hey, we're we're waiting for this specialty part." I mean, I don't know what kind of toilets they're buying for this place, but the amount of times that I've heard that they're waiting for a specialty part, I I'm not a plumber, but I didn't know there could be so many specialty parts on a toilet. <laughs> um, and and I guess I just have to take their word for it and believe them. But you know the amount of times that they got to rip that sign off, and you you saw it, it's kind of like peeled up because they rip it off. Okay, the bathrooms are good, and then a few days later, okay, actually, you got to put the sign back up. <laughs> you know, and like, and it's like, God, how many times do we got to go through this? You know, and I don't know if it's truthfully just the plumbers that they're hiring, or if it's just. You know, like a shred of truth that's being kept from us on what the real issue is, because, you know, we started getting different, you know, I don't know how much other people have talked about this, but, you know, we started getting different stories, too. We had managers telling us, oh, well, it's because um, it's because uh, of feminine products that are being flushed down the toilet. Okay. Well, I mean, we do have signs. I mean, from day one, there's been signs up in the bathroom saying, Hey, don't, don't flush this stuff, but I get it. There might be either some customers or maybe some employees who just aren't getting the picture, not connecting the dots. Don't do that. Whatever. Um, then we started hearing, no, it's something with the pipes. I mean, I got a whole explanation from a manager one day about how the pipes are on a slant going towards the main street and how it gets backed up, and there's a divot somehow, like towards the front of the like check-in yeah. area store, and that the divot had like an accumulation of rocks <laughs> and gravel and sand. I mean, I'm like, God, you guys know so much about these pipes, but somehow the toilets just can't be fixed. Like this has been a a year long battle and multiple plumbing companies, and somehow we just can't get this figured out. How did John Barleycorn have a business? with multiple bathrooms and such, situ- I mean, you gotta, you gotta think like
0: you got- context. Cause I didn't know what you meant by that. Uh, but somebody made a comment the other day and said that that's the barley corn building or something. Yeah. Like, so John
1: a- barley corn used to be a bar. I mean, that was the building used to be a bar, uh, called John barley corn. And, um, you know, there was I mean, again, and I know. I think I watched yesterday, and you had shown people how close our location is to Wrigley Field. So that location being a bar as well, anybody who's been Wrigley knows. I mean, the traffic there is just outrageous. I mean, there. I mean, especially on a game day, but even on a non-game day, you have so many people. I mean, it's it's a historical site. People out of town, out of country. I mean, we get a lot of people who come in and. You know, part of one of my uh, duties being a wellness advisor there is, you know, you're going to have customers that are from different countries. I've had so many passports and uh, international driver's license uh, from so many different countries. You know, so we get a lot of traffic and people that want to recreationally try out cannabis. And again, this all goes back to the expectation of what my job is um, as a wellness advisor. Like I love love, love, love meeting new people, having those conversations with people, people that have either been smoking all their lives or people that have never smoked a day in their lives, not even touched the product. And they come in and especially you get a really good mix of like young people, but we get a really good mix of old people too, or I should say older people. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm, creeping very close to that 30 line. So I, I gotta be careful about saying old, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, again, you know, you got people that are twice my age coming in and, and they've never touched it. And it's fantastic having those conversations. Those are probably my favorite days when I get to have conversations with people like that, because you get to just, especially being autistic. Like one of my things that, that I do is just, I just info dumb. I love to just, you come talk to me. You want to know something cool. I am just going to absolutely take a big dump on you with info and just let you know every single little thing. I want to talk to you about terpenes all day long I'm to talk to you about different cannabinoids that are in there. What's the difference between CBG, CBN, CBD? Just, you know,
0: sounds like you're fit for podcasting.
1: Oh, I mean, I would. Not sure I understand. I, oops, sorry. Hey, that sorry. happens all I'm trying the trying to get in on this, apparently. Yeah, Um, I would actually I've been trying to start a podcast, but. You should.
0: Uh, I was trying, I was just trying to be funny, man, but uh, oh. you should. You, you. You. Yeah. I've just been kind of sitting back and listening to you. You definitely, anyways, keep going. You were laying, uh, you were laying it out. You were talking about how you like to just how that's who you are. When people ask you about things that, you know, yeah. just,
1: I love to, I just, I just love to, to have, you know, when it, when it's something that's a special interest of mine um, I love having that like info dump you know, type of yeah. conversation. And, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously like, you know, we don't, we're not best friends yet, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if you get to know me, like, that's the thing that about me is like, you know, I, I could be very awkward, you know, when you first get to meet me, but as soon as I open up and I start talking about something that I'm passionate about or something I love, I mean, I'm just, it's going to be like, I've known you my whole life, you know, we're just going to start talking like we're best buddies since kindergarten, I'm going to tell you all my deepest, darkest ins and outs secrets of, you know, all of it. So again, those are my favorite days, you know, when I get to work in the cannabis industry is being able to talk to those people. Um, so it really, you know, upsets me to have these kinds of experiences and and even have to you know talk about these experiences because at this point you know as many others have kind of voiced it just seems like you know we we continue to bring up these concerns um and I'll talk about that actually right now um my biggest concern that i've been having uh is really with my disability and the way that i've been handled with that um but again you know it's just the way that that these concerns are being brought up and we don't feel like we have um God, I hate saying safe space to like kind of bring it up. But, you know, it's true. It's kind of like we don't you know, it's it's not even just about a safe space. It's just like how many times are we going to scream into the void? Not just to, you know, corporate, because that's kind of the hierarchy of how our. um, Our processes go, you know, like they want us to talk to a supervisor and then advance it to a manager and then advance it to maybe a HR slash corporate level. And if it really don't feel like it's getting fixed there, then, then we should be taking it to the union. And we really got to a point where so many times we're going through these first couple of channels and we're just keep getting X, 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 X eh, 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 Ventura sounds, whatever that venture sound is. Eh, 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 eh. Um, you know, it's just like, we keep getting that from every single step up and people just started skipping all the steps. They just started going straight to the union about every single little thing. And maybe that's where some of the animosity was built between us and the union, but the union honestly didn't really help us that much either. Um, And I'll get into that in a second, but you know, I definitely want to want to get to the main point for me. Um, You know, my personal experience, you know, again, I went and talked to them about the bathroom situation. They had us, um, the, which is where it kind of all starts. You know, they I caused enough of a stink about it. Um, and I think a few other people had reached out to some um, more federal channels like OSHA and said, hey, like, you know, not necessarily to try to get the company in trouble, but more so to try to get some answers that we weren't getting from our management group and saying, hey, you know, this is a situation that we're being put through right now. Um, is this right? And is there any options or like, is there anything that we can do about it? You know, we we all want to have a safe environment where we're not breathing in sewage. <laughs> um, and like I said, we we all started gravitating towards one of the only two bathrooms that were open because it's the only one that didn't smell like sewage all the time or had a bunch of sewage water coming in, uh, coming up out of the floor all the time. Um, you know, I know some people were talking about the cleanliness, you know, again, with me having a disease that's so easily swayed by getting sick, I mean, I have an autoimmune, it's it's classified as an autoimmune uh, disease. So, you know, getting sick for me hits a lot harder than getting sick for normal people. Um, I've had, you know, employees, coworkers, you know, come up to me and say like, hey, look, I've got this this new rash on my arm. We have those Dyson hand dryers where you kind of go like this. (laughs) You stick your hand in and out like that. And, um, you know, I've got pictures on my phone many, many times where I've shown them and said, hey, can you tell the cleaning people they need to clean these dryers? Because when I show you these pictures, underneath, you know, when you're looking at it, you've got just the front face and then you've got the little hole here where you stick your hand down and go up and down, but up underneath that part, Oh, it was moldy green and it's just caked on. I don't want to get too TMI, but just hairs. I'm just going to leave it at that hairs of sure. And a a variety. Yeah. I mean, you got all sorts of like all random sorts of in hair, there. Man. You've got like fuzzies and just nasty clumpy stuff. Uh, well, and those
0: Dyson hand blades, I've heard. I'm not a fucking oh sure uh, air hand drying scientist or whatever or any type of scientist, <laughs> but um. I've heard that those Dyson things, they blow so much fucking air that they're just basically blowing the stuff around the uh, bathroom. Yeah,
1: All the particles. So And it's like,
0: I feel bad because you you think you're making like we're making a good choice. We're giving these people a goddamn Dyson hand blade dryer. It's like that's a it's a it's the most expensive, worst choice. From what I know, I could be wrong, folks. Google it um and, and you know what and i but I, it sounds like from what you've seen it would the the machine itself collected uh yes. gunk
1: because i mean it does have like, a, like a
0: concave like a
1: bottom right part. so it's kind of like a u-shape yeah I, I, i'll give you a side view of it <laughs> <So> like <laughs> this would be the part where you're sticking your hand down like that and it's u-shaped like this so it does have a bottom and i feel like that's where it's bouncing up like back those particles uh, mm-hmm. back up underneath like the crevices up here and that's where again you know i'm oh, having dude i days.
0: just googled it and this is like uh, apparently maybe a common thing uh check this out yeah it looks about i mean that looks burnt It'd be a lot worse maybe than what you saw but
1: i, I got pictures if you want to see real quick
0: yeah dude it's can you are you able to share them on zoom too or maybe you can email them to me and then i can share them
1: yeah, I could yeah, uh, send me really, your
0: pictures of the bathroom and stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I'll send you the pictures because, I mean, um, I've got plenty plenty of pictures. I mean, like, this is the the bottom corner, so the water would sling off into the corner as well. And so you've got, like, kind of, I'll send you a picture. I mean, in this picture, you got hairs, clumps of things, and then, like, a brownish-yellow watery stuff leaking out kind of from the wall. Um here underneath, this is the bottom part of the dryer. So you've got like those clumps I was talking about, and you can see it's like wet and mildewy. Um, again, another picture kind of of that under barrel of the U-shaped part. I'll send you the pictures. Um, and I've shown the picture. You know, the only reason I even actually even have those pictures with me is because the managers were asking for this, this information. They wanted this information from us. Um, and not just me, they ask people all the time, they would say, Hey, well, if, you know, if you're seeing this, let us know. Okay, sure. I'll take pictures so you can see. Um, and so I would, you know, I'd bring up these concerns many, many times and say, Hey, you know, I got coworkers that are getting new rashes, uh, like weird skin fungal infections on their wrists. Um, that's probably not a good thing. Um, you know again can't really connect those dots and say that that's why but um you know after having that conversation with that coworker they were like yeah like i i go to work and i go home nothing really changes in my routine to where you know i would be exposed to anything that would give me that except for how disgusting the condition of those dryers are um so I, I could believe that um and so you know eventually what the conclusion ended up being is they said okay well we're going to get you guys uh free memberships to the UFC gym across the street. Okay. So, I, I wasn't there actually the day, the first like day or two that that happened. Um, I'd only heard about it through like a, a work group chat that we have. And, um, I started seeing people say something about when you go over there to go use the restroom. Um, they, ask for all your information. So you have to sign in and provide all your information. Um, So there was multiple issues that I had with this. You know, I, and I ended up telling them this, I, you know, I told the managers, I said, Hey, number one, I don't feel comfortable giving my information out to a third party. I don't see why I, you know, have to give my personal information out I mean, just listen to how crazy this sounds. I have to give out my personal information, my first name, my last name, my date of birth, my phone number, you know, like all this information I have to give out to use a restroom while I'm working. Like that to me just sounds absolutely nuts. There should have been more of a conversation between management and UFC to say, Hey, I understand you guys have these policies in place, but our people need to use the bathroom and I don't think it's fair for us to have them have to sign in every time I understand UFC is part of it too, though. You know, I've been a part of a gym. It's probably a safety thing, truthfully, to know who's in the building, um, you know, using their lavatories or whatever and whatever. Um, I, I, I I get that, but then there should have been an alternative discussion about either a different area or different business we can use um or or just something in general you know getting us porta potties we can use something to make it a better experience than having to give out our personal information just to use a bathroom um the second part of it that I had issue with is um having to explain to them, which you know w- when you start getting into like the legality of you know, diseases and disabilities within the workplace, like I should never have to explain my disability to anybody, especially management. Um It's really should be a conversation of, I have this disability. I can have a doctor kind of explain to you, um you know, the the uh, way that affects me and how I work. And yep, there's UFC record. But, you know, and this kind of goes into my last thing is I had to explain to them how I am not going to make it going out through multiple checkpoints, you know, multiple doors going across the street. Again, I have a, a, a literal disease that makes it so that when I got to go, I got to go make it across the street. And UFC is not, you know, you got to go up either the stairs or up the elevator. So now I got to go upstairs to get up there. Then I got to go through the gym to go down a hallway to get to the bathroom. And this is after I sign in and give them all my information too. Um, you know, I, like I, and I had to explain to, to management and to even HR and say, this is not a viable option for me. There needs to be something else in place or we need to figure something else out. And, uh, you know, and this was, as I was having continued conversations about my accommodations within the workplace and, um, you know, they, they, they put all the pressure on me, which is fine. And they said, well, you give us a solution. You tell us what, what you think is fair. And I told them, I said, okay, well then just let me go home and come back. If I, if I'm going to have to go to the bathroom, let me go home and use my bathroom. Cause I live five minutes away. You guys know this, you have my address, you know, I live five minutes down the street. Let me go home. I'll come back once I'm finished. They said, well, that's not a reasonable accommodation. I'm just going to make a side note because I'm going to say this again later. In the eyes of the law and in precedent-setting like cases uh, for any sort of ADA, anything to do with disabilities, the common thread here when when using the terminology a reasonable accommodation is typically when it comes to um, something that is going to cost the business uh, a extraneous amount of money or be a major financial burden to them. So for example, if I had asked them and said, hey, build me my own private bathroom that I can use because I have a disability and I can't do that, that's an unreasonable accommodation. Asking them to go home and come back, in my opinion, and potentially in the eyes of you know a judge, probably would not be an unreasonable accommodation to say, hey, let the dude go home. He lives five minutes away, whatever. But they ended up denying that for me, um, saying that uh, my house is further away than across the street, valid point. What I had to kind of explain to them is I am not going to make it across the street.
0: right so therefore can I, I
1: need to go home and probably change my pants that's what shower. i was gonna ask like yeah. i don't
0: mean to make it this way no, but no. dude i you know i think it's, it's important for people to know the sometimes like i work with people and i don't i'm not like they've told me that it's like that way but i don't you know i it's hard for me to relate not having not having that but so it would probably be what you're saying is like so if you make this accommodation for me I will, I'm sorry to get like graphic about it, but I will wear a diaper to work. And if I happen to have to use it, what I'm asking you is to let me go home and change. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly right.
0: And, and um,
1: that's kind of where we left it. As I just told them, I said, fine, if I crap all over the floors, I mean, that's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to clean it up. Like that's on you guys to clean it up, <laughs> you know, because I'm telling you up front that there is now a barrier from me being able to do my job properly. Right. Um, I should have access to basic human uh, services while on the job, and you are denying me being able to do that. Um, you know, again, not it's you know totally out of their control. I get that, but I'm presenting a solution. You don't want to present me with any solutions. You are putting it all on me. I'm giving you a very viable solution really the only other thing short of the embarrassment of just wearing a freaking diaper, (laughs) um, by the way, I swear a lot. I don't know if you're able to have, Hey bro.
0: Fuck. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay,
1: Yeah. Besides wearing a fucking diaper (laughs) every day to work, like thankfully I never had a situation, but it's like, you know, again, this goes back to the humanity aspect, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's the way that you treat people and it's the way, you know, I wish that one of the managers would have just sat me down, had a conversation and said, Hey, look, you know, I understand that this might be difficult for you because of A, B, and C reasons. Um, how can we, how can we try to accommodate? How can we try to make this work? Um, how can we try to make this so that it's not going to be something embarrassing for you? Um, because it's already an embarrassing thing to be checking out a customer even and I've actually had this happen where I've been checking out. I've been in the middle of a transaction and boom, it hits me like that. And I've got to go run up to a manager and it's, it's not a, let's have a conversation about it. It's, Hey, can you go finish that transaction? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, I think on TikTok, there's a, uh, a new bag <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's literally me. That's me flying by an AIC being like, I got to go run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, meanwhile, the customer's like, what just happened? You know, right. Right. I feel bad you know, what am I going to do? I can't sit there and explain it to the customer explain it to the AIC, you know, and now because, you know, we only had the two bathrooms, they had to lock out the customers. Um, So now I got to go find a key too. I got to make sure I have, you know, my key card on me so I can get access to the back room, grab the key for the bathroom, then run to the bathroom and get in there and get situated. Um, So, you know, again, short of going across the street even with the two bathrooms there it was already a process um and and sometimes a close call um so you know that that i think is where a lot of my animosity personally started building up is not being taken seriously or kind of being brushed off um you know looking back on it now it is what it is there's not much that i can really do about it unfortunately um you know, I, I, again, encourage people, like, when you have situations like this, if you have accommodations on file, and if you, you know, have it notated that you have a disability, um, you know, and, and these companies, because companies, unfortunately, and this isn't exclusive to the cannabis industry, but companies in general, um, I think for way too long have just gotten away with treating people, especially people with disabilities, but really everyone in general, treating them the way that they want to. Um, and making, making people feel like they are stripped of any sort of power to, um, I hate to use the phrase fight back, but, um, in this day and age and, and truthfully with the climate, um, that, that everything's in with inflation and people are upset and wages aren't increasing and, you know, all this other stuff going on in the world, not to go on a whole side tangent here, but like, you know, people are fed up, um, and, you know, and so that's why I encourage people, especially people with disabilities, you have things like the EEOC, it's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Um, you know, you have places like that where you can reach out and you have uh, some federal big brother to kind of help you a little bit, um, you know, because I, I've I've tried to explain to some people at work too, who, you know, and I don't mean this in a uh, talking down way, but like, some people just don't know that like companies have the same rights as humans, which is just crazy to me. Um, I, I, I can kind of see why, but it also just to me feels like an, like an overstep of power. Um, in my opinion, you know, why, why, you know, I understand them having uh free speech, you know, things like that. But, um, i i won't get into that that's for a different podcast um but anyways yeah so just you know again kind of for my situation you know it really came to a head back in december um i had a Crohn's flare-up is what they're called um so i had a flare-up that morning i had sent an email into my management team and said hey i'm gonna be running late um and and this is another point of contention that they always had with me um, or have continued to have with me is they would get upset that I couldn't give them a one hour heads up. Um, Which again, after discussing everything that we've kind of built up to now, um, you know, there was, I'll, I'll preface this by saying from, again, I started January, 2022. We're now in December of 2022. So that's almost exact full year that I've had not only like my accommodations kind of set in place, um, but that they've understood what those accommodations were, how they affect me, um, and should have an understanding of kind of like how my disease works a little bit. If they don't, that's really up to them on if they want to take the initiative and do some research on their own. But, um, You know, December uh, 2022 rolls around and I'm having a situation where, just like many, many, many other times for many months before that, I called in and told them, Hey, I'm sorry I can't give you this one hour heads up, but, you know, I'm supposed to be there in 10, 15 minutes, whatever. I'm going to be late. I'm having a Crohn's flare up. And it was pretty bad that day. So, you know, I ended up not being able to come in due to the pain and everything for like two hours. Um, I kind of had to, like just lay down and let everything, you know, mellow out before um, I was able to go in and feel like I could come in and actually do my job um, and not just call off. Um, I come in that day and, uh, and they switch me around a little bit with my position, not a big deal. Um, And then I get right before my shift is supposed to end. I was supposed to get off at like three 30 that day like 20 minutes before I get a manager coming up to me on my position and, and they're like, Hey, um, not a big deal. You know, don't have to worry about anything. Just want to have a conversation with you before you go home for the day. Okay. Sure. Right. My head again, I'm being told not a big deal setting that expectation. And as a side note, I will say, especially being autistic, like that's a big thing. Like I don't like change and I like to have those expectations set up front Because if you're setting an expectation that it's going to be one thing or, you know, like even when I go out with friends and like we're going to go do this and it's going to be this type of night, that's the type of night that I'm planning for. And if it's going to go totally off the rails and we're getting drunk and going to 20 bars and all that, like I'm going to go home because that's just not what I was expecting. That's not what I was planning for. So uh, mentally. So I go into the office uh, again now at this point, it's like 10 minutes before I'm like clocking out for the day um and i and i sit down actually i wasn't gonna sit down yet uh manager just flat out right away just goes uh just want to let you know you know we're gonna write you up for being late today and i was like what, what do you what do you mean um i sent an email no no i understand that you sent the email but because it wasn't within the one hour because you didn't give us a, a big enough heads up um you know, that's why we got to write you up. And I, and I literally looked at her and I said, you know, that you have my accommodations on file, right? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, we, you know, I talked to the the GM about this before, you know, we decided and it was her and another manager who apparently had a conversation, some type of conversation about, they wanted to write me up for this. Don't know why it needed to be between two managers. Don't know why it needed to, you know, whatever. To be fair, these two managers are not my best friends. They are don't really like me the mo- you know the most. I don't know why. Like because I get along with everyone at work, or at least I try to. Um, and really, the only thing that I've ever caused a stink about is making sure that I have these accommodations on file. Because again, to me, it's very important. Um, so, and 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 not only that, but I've also advocated to other people who really have come to me um, and felt comfortable uh, coming to me and opening up. And and that's something that I think really impacted me, um, you know, being in a position at work there where a lot of coworkers have come up to me privately and said, Hey, I don't know how to deal with this situation because I have such and such disability or disease and I'm getting this type of response from management. And, you know, I've done so much research over the years with my own disability that I'm not an expert, but I definitely know probably more than the average Joe in terms of how to go about these situations um, and what to do. And so I, I appreciate the people that feel comfortable enough to come to me and, and do that. But, um, you know, again, I'm sitting there, she's having this apparent conversation uh, with another manager. Uh, about how they want to write me up. And, um, you know, I kind of pushed back on it and was like, I don't understand why I'm being written up for this because again, I have these these accommodations on file, um, you know, and, and I haven't been written up. And, that, and I think that that's the important part is I have this precedent set where I have not been written up uh, for many, many months. I've called in late many, many times even called up, you know, and and that was the thing too, is I'm like, if I had just called off, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. How am I going to be penalized for trying to still come in and even work half of my shift, trying to still put in some time, help out my team. So we're not short staffed. You know, I come in, yes, it's late, but at least I'm coming in, you know, I'm able to put in some work and help people and like, you know, somehow I'm being penalized for that? How, how does that make any sense? Um, and so, you know, there was uh, a two, two or three write-ups uh, within the next couple of weeks for similar reasons. And, you know, one thing that should be noted about Crohn's and really a lot of autoimmune diseases is that, you know, even my doctor wrote down on the form that he had to fill out for for the accommodations. He said, stress, is a major factor in exacerbating symptoms and that and that's not just for for me that's for a lot of people um so putting two and two together hello you're putting me through all this stress of writing me up i've never been written up in my life now i'm getting written up multiple times over the next couple of weeks and i have all that paperwork saved with me um and That's kind of where another facet of this became an issue. Um, So I was being told uh, that
0: DJ, you still there? I think we may have lost you. Pause this first. Oh, sorry. You, uh, we lost you for a moment. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I was you kind of cut off. Um, if you don't mind restarting that thought.
1: Yeah, um, no, no, of course. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying, really, like you know, uh, so I had asked to be given a, like, official form, basically right. for this write-up. Um, because again, as I will plead to everybody out there who has disabilities, uh, within the workplace, like document everything, they will not do it for you, um, as they should. And, uh, so that was kind of my biggest issue is, you know, I told them, I'm like, I need to have documentation that you are writing me up and that you are going against my accommodations. Um, I think that's where they realized we messed up here. Um, and that's where it started, where I really just had to start getting like kind of legal on them and bringing down a little bit of a hammer because I told them, I said, look, it's not only federal law, but there, are, I could pull up the exact code within the Illinois legislation saying that you have to give me a copy. Like if I were to go and request a copy of my employee personnel file, which I'm entitled to two of those within a calendar year, um, w- within a decent interval you have to give me my employee personnel file. You you have to, there's no way if, buts are around it or else you'll be sued by the state <laughs> and they will get those records regardless. Don't worry, you'll get a fine and you'll be sued from them. Um, So, you know, so I started telling them like, hey, I, I'm going to request my employee personnel file then because, you know, that has to be included in there. If you're going to give me any sort of write-up or any sort of uh, negative you know, uh, mark against me that has to go in my employee file. You know, you can't just like write me up and then not put it in my employee profile. (laughs) Um, so, so I ended up doing that. Um, and I ended up having a sit down meeting with the GM. I actually ended up pulling in another coworker as well. Um, and this is where it really got crazy. Like, I kid you not, this is like verbatim what was said. We sat down, we had this whole conversation. We went around in a circle about it. Um, it was the GM and another manager and there it was me and a coworker because I didn't feel comfortable at this point going in and having these conversations without having a witness that I knew was gonna be on my side of things. So we go around, we have this conversation. I mean, it's like an hour long meeting at this point talking about why I was even written up in the first place and why it's going against my accommodations. And eventually towards the end of the meeting, I say like, Hey, like you guys have to give me a copy. Like you guys have to give me a piece of paper saying that I'm being written up. Um, like you can't deny me this, especially since it's already, like I've already been written, been written up once or twice at this point. Um, or or it was a few times actually (laughs) at this point, the, the GM wanted to argue with me and say, well, on our scale, you only have enough points where it's considered a verbal warning. I'm like, okay, I understand that you are verbally giving me that warning, but it is still hot. Ha- like you're not, you can't tell me that there is no documentation at all that I'm being written up. Cause at that point, then how do you even know how many points I would have? You know, like your 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 logic is not making any sense. You have to be writing this down somewhere, keeping track of how many times I'm being written up and how many points I have accrued at this point. And they say, oh, well, you only have one and a half points. And at two points, it becomes a written warning. And I said, no, I understand that. I understand that I am a half point away because I've now at that point accrued three half point occurrences, three different half point write-ups. I was like, but as other people have been given in the past, For their half point or one point occurrences whatever there is a form and i've seen it circulating around for everybody else why are you denying this for me specifically and i said it and i said it too i was like i'm sure you are doing this because you know that you should have never written me up in the first place because i have these accommodations on file in place to make sure that i again have these you know leniencies when it comes uh, being a off or being able to uh, come in late, whatever. Um, and now you realize that, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You're kind of already in it and you're denying it. And, uh, and I kid you not when she, when, when she said that, <laughs> when the GM said that the coworker and even the other manager who was in there, like verbally laughed, like, like the, and the manager actually like held up his clipboard over his face like this trying to hide the fact that even he knew what she was saying sounded so fucking ridiculous to try to argue with me about the semantics of what type of write-up I'm receiving. Um,
0: yeah, this is that like, give
1: me the documentation for it. Like, yeah, absolutely fucking
0: paper. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like just give me a paper. Just like it, it, who cares? Like you, you put your foot in your mouth at this point, it's already been said and done. Like you shouldn't have done it. I told the manager on the spot that day when she was writing me up that she should call somebody. She said she already called the GM and got the okay from the GM that I should be written up. I'm like, so you in some type of way agreed with this decision. Um, so give, give me the documentation that I'm asking for. So, um, as well as, I also wanna note, cause I actually, I took notes uh, from this meeting. Um, it's actually within our collective bargaining agreement with the union. Uh, I have the section written down everything that if we're being written up, we're supposed to get documentation of it. <laughs> so I'm like, not only is it just like, just common practice and um, potentially legal grounds of something you should be doing, um, it's, it's written within our contract with you. Like you're supposed to be giving me some type of documentation. Um, and that all led up to again, me saying, okay, I don't know what they are or are not keeping track of on me. Let's, let's, let's just put in the request. So I put in a request for my employee personnel file. I mean, I didn't have any of my performance reviews in there. I'd had like three at that point because we have them like one each quarter. So I had been there for, you know, again, for a full year at that point. So I had none of my performance reviews. Now I have copies because I've always asked for copies um, of my performance reviews when I sit down and talk to the manager. And mind you too, all my performance reviews really have just been like managers saying like, hey, we think you are doing, you know, not them saying like you're perfect or anything, but like them basically saying like, I don't really see a lot that you can uh, improve upon. Although I did have one manager in a meeting once tell me um, because another accommodation I have is that they, the way that they initially had the line set up is it was like a snake. So, uh, or I, I think it's still kind of set up like that, but it's kind of, it kind of snakes around the building. Um, and you have all these accessories that people are kind of like going past and then it lets out at one point. And so you, it's kind of like, you know, you take the next person going through. Um, and where it lets out is in front of one specific register. And I told them, you know, I said, when I set up my accommodation, I said, I can't be at that register. Cause they kept trying to put me right at that register. That's right in front of the giant crowd of people that are waiting to be called up next. I was like, it gives me anxiety. People are staring me down. I feel like I'm being rushed. feeling like I'm making mistakes. Um, I can't do that. You know? And so eventually I actually got it written into my accommodations to not have to be on that register and to be on a slower pace register because again, it's just, it's too overwhelming for me. And um, I, so going back, you know, to these performance reviews, I had a manager once actually tell me, she was like, one thing that you could work on is not having so much anxiety <laughs> working behind the register. Like, yeah, let me just get right on that. Let me just carve the part of the autism out of my brain and <laughs> just not have anxiety that's comorbid with autism. <laughs> like, cool. Thanks that's for the insane. advice.
0: Yeah. I'll work on that. So I'm, it's like, I've been working on that, but thank you.
1: Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's just hard to work on that, but sure. Right. Right. Um, you know? Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I have like a list of things that, that were not included in my employee personnel file. They didn't have all my write-ups in there. So I ended up having to cause a stink about that. Then eventually they got it fixed Okay, fine. Which is interesting
0: because, okay. like, very rarely are you like, "Hey, I've been written up." Where is you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. And eventually, I I really had to take it up with the with the union. Um, and after about a month, because this was it was it was literally December first when I had uh been written up initially, uh, going against my accommodations, and uh, so then on January sixth, I ended up finally having a sit down meeting between me one hr representative from corporate and two of the union people one was i think uh i don't know if it was like a district manager or like a lawyer you know representation from the union and then one was just our normal representative um so we all sat down in a private room and we talked we talked about my accommodations we talked about this whole situation And uh, I think the whole point of it was really just to kind of like get the accommodations removed. You know, at that point, that was my biggest thing was saying, Hey, I know you guys made a mistake. I think you guys know you made a mistake. Um, Let's just get this on the same page and get it removed and purged off my personnel file. Um, And I'll make a quick side note too. I had been told from other managers that I had already had a couple of points it wasn't until this whole situation that i found out i had zero points which was great except for now the points that i was accruing <laughs> you know so i and again this miscommunication between management it's like how, how how can there be so much miscommunication where i'm being given a bunch of anxiety and stress things that are not good for my my disease because i'm being told from one manager hey You have all these points that we've been keeping track and tallying behind the scenes on you. And then now I'm being told, no, you actually don't have any points. Okay, whatever.
0: Yeah. Can I ask really quick for clarification? And I apologize. I hope this doesn't send us on a tangent, but I just wanted to clarify. You said you were wanting to remove what from your employee file?
1: Oh, the, the points, the, oh, uh, the
0: points I thought you were saying, I thought, I think I may have misheard you or maybe you misspoke. I swear you said that you wanted the accommodations removed from your employee files. Like, uh, well, why would you want your accommodations removed?
1: No. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> I don't. I think want you to...
0: misspoke. I think you misspoke or maybe which, I just misheard you. So, which I
1: will, you know, I, I actually great point that you make there though. And I just want to kind of, uh, backtrack on this for a second yes, it is fantastic to have uh, written accommodations because it's easier to prove. I'll just okay. say that up front. Yeah. But in the eyes of the law, a spoken accommodation, if I am talking to you and you're my manager and you say, yes, I will agree to you being able to come in late, whatever, and we have that agreement and it's spoken, it's verbal. In the eyes of the law, that is just as valid, having a verbal accommodation even though it is not written, obviously it is
0: much harder um, to prove.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause I harder could just say, no, we didn't recommend it to have the written. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Cause I could just say, honest. no, we didn't agree on that. And then you have to try right. to prove that we did. And, and then there's the whole, yeah. So.
1: Which I mean, and, and in those, in those situations, like in this situation could be provable. Cause even if I didn't have it written down, They would be able to see well why has he not gotten all these all these points accrued you know for showing up late while other people are being given points for showing up late in which case i could say well that's because we had a verbal agreement right Right. um so again there are ways to prove it and that's why i want to make that distinction because there might be some people who are listening to this who have a disability maybe they haven't you know gone down this route or maybe they've only done a verbal accommodation with their employer and, you know, I, again, I make that case to say, Hey, you should really document everything, but it is, if you feel like, Oh, I've only ever had a, a verbal one and and they've gone against it, but I don't think I can prove it. You might not necessarily be out of luck because it is just as valid. Um, and you might have just as valid of a case. Um, but yeah, so then January 6th rolls around, you know, I'm having this conversation with two union reps, myself and an HR rep. And um, of course, you know, HR, they wanna try to argue about semantics and itty bitty pieces of information here, there, whatever. Um, The most important part that I got out of that whole thing is they had been denying myself and other people um, a very specific accommodation. Um, kind of going back here, I told you that I had gotten approved in accommodation to not be on that one register that's right in front of where all the people get let out. Um, For obviously a plethora of reasons. And originally what I was trying to get approved um, and was eventually denied was just not having to be on register in general. Um, You know, and, and even my, my psychologist that I went to, who, you know, I when I was diagnosed with autism and like did all the tests and everything, like they even wrote it in and said like, hey, like social interaction is very stressful. It's very hard for him. Um, Don't try to force it. And if it's possible, please don't put him on a register. Have him do work in the back, let him wear headphones, like, you know, just kind of zone out. And and that's where I do my best work really. Um, And that's a whole nother thing. They denied all of my autism accommodations. They, all of them. I asked to wear headphones while I work um like noise cancelling headphones because I mean we've got loud sounds you know we've got those plastic bins where they put the orders into and then they're you know thudding against the counters the cashers and you know people are all talking and you know there's 420 and you know, there's just all sorts of sounds that are going on in the day there um it's very overwhelming and so they their solution was well, let's just put them in a corner. So my register that I'm assigned to is literally, if you ever come visit uh, while I'm working, you will see me if I'm ever on register. It is in a literal corner of the store um, away from everyone else. Um, That was their solution instead of saying, sure, let's just have him do the seven or eight other jobs that he could be doing. He could be checking people in at Fishbowl. He could be a concierge and greeting people at the front door. He could be doing uh orders with people off to the side because again for me it's it's you know doing it off to the side to me is a little less stressful because i get to take my time with people i get to sit there and info dump you know the thing that i actually enjoy doing when i'm at a register it's very go 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 go
0: where's your yeah staff? so
1: actually right there right back there it's oh, kind of dark back there too
0: that one no no, no go back turn mean... turn back around Oh, you mean over here? That corner, the orange corner by the bathrooms.
1: Kinda, yeah.
0: Like right here. Yeah. If
1: no, no, if you spin it around. Oh, smart. that's actually just where we keep like our walker copies and stuff. Sorry. Yeah, so back there against that orange and gray wall.
0: The orange and gray. So this one? No, that's not an orange and gray wall.
1: Yep, right, right there where your mouse is. That's gotcha. my register.
0: So there's like a the right over here.
1: No, i mean, I'm saying like that. That is yeah. That is my register. Is in that corner there. Um, oh, gotcha. You flip so it around.
0: I'm high. So thank you. <laughs> you were over here. You're
1: in this. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is your corner.
1: <laughs> oh no 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 no! You know you you had it you had it. You had okay. It. I'm confusing yeah. myself.
0: Anyways, you work in no, 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 that you're dispensary good. somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm back in that, that little corner over there, you know, I, I'm still behind the wall or behind like the desk area or whatever, but it's that furthest, you know, I'm up against like the wall. So, you know, I'm, I've got the wall on my left-hand side. I'm looking out at the whole sales floor. Um, but it's kind of dark over there and whatever, you know, whatever. um, I'm
0: gonna try this one more time, but Is yeah, it this corner.
1: Uh, so go to the right a little bit. To the right? Yeah, go to the right. Anyways. Right there. So, okay. yeah, so you see kind of against the wall there, and you got mm-hmm. the camera right above my head there.
0: Yeah, right here.
1: Yeah, I'm still right behind here. the desk, you know, and all that. Yep. So if you okay. go to the left there, yep that register that's right there all the way to the, to the end there up against the wall. That's the one that I got put on.
0: Um, so when you gotta and that go was, to the bathroom, again, you got to run all the way around, right?
1: So you see how it's kind of contradicting. <laughs> um, exactly. So I either have to go through our exactly always be. Watching. Why don't you just hop oh,
0: the, hop the registers? I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Well, yeah physically i don't know
1: if i could <laughs> right
0: i'm not the most athletic i'm trying I'm to things. the joke was like their crude suggestions like well we'll just go across the street the busiest fucking street one of the busiest streets in chicago to the ufc gym like so i
1: mean why don't they just supply me a fucking sunny side diaper at this point like brand right. please you or know put a
0: bucket behind the desk
1: yeah give me a shit bucket out <laughs> <laughs> like fuck um but yeah, so so again, so that was kind of the compromise that I ended up having to to give way on is mm-hmm. um is having this accommodation in place that I wasn't fully uh in favor of um but you know I, I say all of this really to kind of go back to to a really important point here is that i when I had this conversation on January sixth with an h r rep um So I have it documented as well, where they had a girl there who had a um, head injury, really bad head injury. Um, And so she couldn't, you know, be on a register. Um, She had a verbal accommodation with a manager. She, we ended up actually really getting along at work because um, she didn't have, you know, as much of the knowledge that I had about the ins and outs of what you should or shouldn't do best practices with disabilities, such and such. And so she eventually actually came to me and was like, Hey, like, you know, I, should I be getting this on file? And I'm like, yeah, you should. Um, but before any of that could really happen, she had, you know, and we have, I have all the break sheets showing she was never scheduled to be on a register because it was approved for her, um, between her and the GM to not be on a register due to her um her disability um because you know in her words you know like looking at a register and looking at the computer screen for too long you know because they put us on there for like hours and hours at a time where you're just staring at the screen and doing you know and you've got to be very careful because obviously canvas is a very regulated industry um you got to make sure you're not making mistakes not over dispensing to somebody whatever um you know, giving the right product and matching the right skews all, all the little minuities that are that people don't see on the back side of it um that we're checking and we do it quickly but um there's a lot that goes on um and so for her it really kind of like it, it hurt and it hurt in her, in her own words it hurt uh to be on a register for for that many hours um So she had that verbal accommodation set up. I have all the documentation that I need to show that she was never placed on a register until the day that I asked for it and was denied to have that same accommodation and asked. And I said, okay, well, I would like to have it documented that you are denying me this accommodation because I think it's a very going, you know, kind of coming full circle here, you know, reasonable accommodation. It's not costing you, the company, any money. So I think that that is a reasonable accommodation to not have to force me to be on a register um, you know, as part of my duties, uh, because there are, as I was saying, several other duties I could be doing. I could be taking in delivery truck orders, which are almost on a daily basis. Um, I could be uh, doing accessories out on the floor. I could be taking orders with people. I could be concierge greeting people. I could be checking people in at Fishbowl. I could be... Uh, restocking stuff in the vault I could be fulfilling orders in the vault uh, I mean there's so much stuff that that needs to get done around there that I could be doing with headphones on and not have to be on a register dealing with fast-paced stressful environment I got that denied on January 6th comes around and I'm having this meeting I actually had the HR rep uh confirm and and uh, admit this in front of not just myself, but two union member uh, reps as well, in her own words, they are willing to accommodate that for people, but only on a short-term basis. And I wanna let that sink in for a second. So if somebody, let's say I, have an eye injury or something and you know it's it really hurts and my doctor says hey you can't stare at a at a screen for hours like that um at that point that is classified as a short term disability disability nonetheless but a short term disability so for a short term of time uh that person would not be able to be on a register and they are okay with approving that. I have just as valid of a reason to not be on a register, but because I had no choice in the matter that I have to live with this disability for the rest of my life, I get denied it and have to struggle. So it's not, so, and, and, and I think that that's an important thing to, to, to make a distinction on because they are basically telling me and other people, we are okay with, with providing this on a short-term basis. It is not required of you to have to do this part of the job, but only for a short period of time. If it's a permanent thing, we're not willing to do that. If you, I mean, I'll open this up to you. If you could try to explain that to me or give me a valid reason, I've tried to justify it and put myself put myself in corporate shoes and say what could possibly be the valid justification for that and I just can't think of anything personally but I mean
0: I mean I I the thing that just has blown me away with like what I've heard from you and your co-workers is just they seem to have given up on the toilet and the the building itself uh, I think I lost you here are you still there oh you're still there cool yeah I, I can hear you okay i just think like i know that there's a lot of different things going on but it's just remarkable to me that the the facilities man i am my signal must just be going in and out you keep freezing on me um uh, i think we're all good but i i just think it's remarkable they're just like throwing in the white towel in the facilities they're not able to provide modern amenities and so they're just like they just can't come up with anything. It's like what year do we live in?
1: Yeah. You would think it's not twenty twenty-three. <laughs> um and,
0: and to and, to and I'm so- not a plumber. I don't know if there's like something yeah. like way nuanced going on at, at like a fucking deep seated issue at Sunnyside Wrigleyville with the, the toilet. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. it's like throw a fucking porta potty out front or something. I I don't know.
1: We have a whole garage area. We have a whole basement that's being renovated. I don't know if it's been finished at this point. I mean, it's been like a year that they've been renovating this basement that used to be like a fridge area. For Because again, it used to be a bar, right? So downstairs, we've got a downstairs area as well as an upstairs area. Hmm. And underneath, I mean, it's just like a huge, kind of looks like if you uh, have heard of the back rooms. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of looks like that. Uh, It's very spooky, kind of creepy down there. But um, Kind of gives very like back rooms vibes, but um, they actually store like all of our extra uh, stock of like accessories and things like that down there. So, you know, there are people that have the ability to go down there, but it's like, again, throw a porta potty down there or, right. um, you know, put it in the garage area where there's plenty of room. We can move stuff around, shuffle it around. So we have two porta potties back there. Um, you know, it might stink a little bit, but you know, make sure you have people. I mean, again, that I shouldn't have to be providing all the solutions here. This should right. be on-
0: <laughs> That's sure that's my a, thing.
1: Yeah, make sure you got a person coming once a week, or maybe if it's really stinky, twice a week, come empty that porta potty. You've got a garage door in the back that opens wide up, so not only could you easily get it in and out of there, if it's a temporary solution, but you could easily have somebody come and dump it and clean it out. You know, yeah. once or twice. A
0: so like when I try to put myself in the the shoes of management, I do think we should acknowledge that it probably is difficult to work with a lot of different people that have like a lot of different disabilities. I'm not, okay, look, that's yeah. just saying now sure. they still have to make those accommodations and treat you guys like the humans that you are. Um, So I just wanted to acknowledge though, that yeah, it probably is challenging. Like I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and think like I saw, there's so many registers in that store. There's gotta be like, 30 fucking employees or something and you're what well, maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong you were no, no, yeah.
1: you're, you're I was actually spot on i mean we have about i think 30 to 35 people every day currently working and that's only because that's what we're capped at per osha standards because we only have the two bathrooms functional mm, mm. um when we had the four bathrooms and like that's why i was saying when i first started i mean we had uh upwards of closer to probably 45 to 60 employees almost every day. And I know, again, that this was talked about in previous episodes with other coworkers I have, but like we also at that point had eight or nine AICs on staff. We had five or six security guards every single day. And to your point, um, I would agree with you i I want to
0: be clear i'm not trying to that is a horrible excuse because people could mistake what i was saying you know
1: of course
0: no i'm glad you didn't take it the wrong way (laughs) (laughs) i don't get that vibe at all but you know
1: going along with your point because i think it is important to try to put yourself in uh management or corporate shoes and say okay well maybe why are we making some of these decisions and and sure If somebody wanted to make that argument to me and say well it's really difficult because we've got 60 plus employees in the building whether it's at a time or not doesn't matter we have that many for that location um and let's just say even half of them have disabilities because i I mean from the amount of people that have come and talked to me i would i would potentially even say like that that's a pretty good estimate like i would say probably around half the people working there have some type of disability um, and they're all varying, you know, the, you know, obviously mine is, I have a mental and a physical specifically with, uh, you know, with my gastrointestinal, you know, but I have, you know, other people have like fibromyalgia. I mean, that that's hard, you know, in those and, and in those types of situations. Okay. It's really hard to accommodate all these people, but to be fair, I would also say two things. One, that is what they are, Um, hiring people for, you know, going back to my interview process. And there's a reason I kind of, you know, went in order of, you know, kind of order operations here for my story, because it all goes back to my interview process. They are hiring people full well, knowing that they have these disabilities. They want that. They want people to be able. And this is what I was told on why I was hired, because they want me to be able to, uh, connect with the customers because we have a large medical clientele as well that come in and they rely on us for medical services, you know, or medical cannabis. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, you, you actually strike a very important point here in this whole discussion is that, you know, they are hiring people specifically who do have disabilities. So it's kind of hard to say like, Hey, we are going to hire you know, a good amount of people that have disabilities because we want them to connect with the customer base that we're bringing in and then to not treat those same people because I was a customer of Sunnyside before I was an employee there. I remember Sunnyside when it was down the road over by Uncommon Ground, um, you know, and I had the, I had the, I had the one of the first experiences when it became legal, you know, it was first just at that location. Then they bought Aurelio's when that went out of business, they bought that across the street. Then I was still a customer when I had to go across the street and then cross bag or, you know, and people hated that process. And then they bought John barley corn and then they made it into just that one building. And that's where it's at. Now I've been a part of it as a customer. I've been on both sides of it now, you know, so I've had this experience with Side since like basically day one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and you bring up a really important point that I completely like neglected, you know, like I am, Most of the bud tenders at the dispensary I originally went to were also, so I was a medical cannabis patient as well. And they were medical cannabis patients. Like they mainly hired medical cannabis patients because they wanted people to be able to speak authoritatively on the product. You don't like just hire somebody that's just like, like especially back then during the medical cannabis days, like you wanted medical patients to be employed yeah. You know, so it's it kind of proves it kind of adds to your point. And I, I even forget that, which makes this entire thing a little bit even more crass. I realize it's no longer that anymore. It's no longer just medical. But it, when you think about the foundation of that it was their built employment, on. yeah, their employment was built on employing medical cannabis patients. Oh, uh, and I don't know the numbers, but at least from my anecdotal experience, that was the case, you know. So.
1: And again, this all goes back to the buzzword that I've used many times, but it's also the expectation that is being set from day one that we want you to be relatable we want you we want this to be a experience where you have experience obviously with cannabis, but you can also share that experience with people in a wide array of, people that have no experience and people that have been doing it for many, many years, potentially way longer than myself even, you know. Um, and I love having those conversations too, you know, like like just going go on a side thing here for a quick second, when we started getting Acapulco Gold in, it was so great having older clients come in, you know, people that were smoking Acapulco Gold. I mean, that's a strain that was super popular back in like what, the 70s or 80s, something like that. And, uh, you know, I had people that, that used to get it, you know, and smoke it and they're much older now and they loved, you know, they loved, they were uh, giving me history lessons on what it was like to smoke it back then. And those are the types of conversations that I absolutely, again, I'll say again, I absolutely love those conversations with people. Um, you know, so again, it just kind of goes back to the expectation that, that is being set. Um, you know, and jumping back to, to this whole meeting again, January 6th rolls around. I have this conversation, you know, I'm having them admit to me that we're okay with, with approving this accommodation, but only for short-term individuals, only for short-term disabilities, Um, which isn't necessarily the case because even with somebody who had it long term, they verbally agreed upon that. But when I asked for it and was denied, And at this point, again, there was already that friction built from the whole bathroom situation. I think there is a lot of ego that gets kind of put into management's arms sometimes, especially some of the management that might not necessarily be there anymore. But when I was, um, you know, for the majority of the time that I've been working there uh, that, you know, those managers I've been there, there there is a lot of ego there. They They get hurt easily, a perfect example. Um, I bring up the whole uh, headphone thing for for autism and being able to wear noise canceling headphones very important for me. I wear them a lot of places that I go um you know, just kind of be in my own world while I'm walking. I, I take public transportation. I take the red line to get to work every day uh, or drive if I have to, but most of the time I mean I'm a five minute uh, ride on the red line. <laughs> um, and I remember we actually had a pre-roll. A morning meeting where a manager said, I want you guys to be wearing headphones while you guys are counting inventory in the morning. He encouraged this. And his reason, and this is going to blow your mind, his reason is because he said, I think you guys do better work when you're not talking with other people in the mornings. And when you kind of are just zoned out, you have your headphones in and you can just focus on the task because sometimes, you know, we have a lot of inventory. We got to count counts can get off if you're chatting with your buddy next to you, whatever. And I get that. So for the same reasons that they want us to wear headphones in the morning, when we're doing our morning startup duties, before we open is the same reason that they're denying that accommodation for me Uh, being autistic and saying, it's not a good enough reason to have that on because you know, and I'm like, but don't you want me to do a good job? Don't you want me to, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, at this point I've pleaded that case so many times, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so, you know, I thought that that was super interesting. Um, I think another thing kind of going into this whole medical situation, or actually I'm, I'm going to pause on the medical situation. Um, I think going back to the whole denial, and this is kind of going to wrap up my, my, portion with denying uh accommodations. Not necessarily potentially accommodation, but I think it sets a dangerous precedent when you have employees that um don't feel comfortable. Um, and, and I don't know if Allison talked about this at all, but um, you know, employees who don't feel comfortable working in a certain position, um, it's hard to watch them force people to still do that. Um, For example, I've had multiple women that work there who have been sexually harassed from customers, um, actually a few from an employee as well, but um, I think that that was handled. I'm not sure, but I know for sure it happens on a pretty regular basis with the customers um when they're taking orders i could tell you i've been sexually harassed and i know that that is a more rare thing especially being a man um and potentially i think that a lot of men just don't speak out about it i've had uh you know again you have these games where you have individuals coming in very drunk i have a partner i have a girlfriend I've been with for over 5 years i, I don't you know, like I don't need, uh, girls coming in super drunk. You know, I had a, a shift once where I was working concierge. So I'm like the forward greeter when people are done being checked in. And we had this group of girls that came in just absolutely like slosh. Like they're just drunk, falling over, like, you know, whatever. Apparently one of the girls thought I was cute or something. And, uh, they go over. They do. You know, they're trying to start a conversation with me. Crazy and, that
0: uh, they're even allowed in, by the way. Just have to say
1: oh, oh, I mean, we've had people literally like pass out on the floor, piss all over our floors, like throw up on our floors. Like, I mean, it is a problem. Like, that's just. I'll, I'll just leave it there. It is a problem. Um, also, talking about security, I know that was mentioned yesterday. Having the lowered amount of security. I mean, we have that exit door which It's a double exit system, so you have two doors you have to go through. Exit, I mean, we have people that are so drunk, the line goes past that door, people will try to sneak in, and they and successfully it happens uh, quite a few times. People will sneak in through that door, and then we're like, Hey, what do you do? You know, because you could see it, and that's why we have somebody positioned at that concierge position at the front, help answer questions, keep an eye on some things, whatever, help people if you can. And so I was there doing that one night. It's a night game, just got out, bunch of people drunk. Group of girls come in, we're packed. I mean, the whole line inside is just absolutely packed. Um, and they go off to the side. I, I point them in the right direction to go place their order. They come back, they get in the line behind me. They get halfway through the line. And one of the girls who I think just thought I was attractive or whatever, um, which I'll take as a compliment. I mean, I'm not I'm going to sit here and be like, oh my God, like I hate that um i guess it's endearing but you know where it becomes annoying is like she's coming up i'm trying to do my duties she's standing right in front of me like when i tell you no personal space she is right in front of me she's "Ah," you know like (laughs) slurring all her words in front of me trying to strike up a conversation i you know i'm trying to be nice i give her the whole oh yeah well you know trying to answer her questions. Cause she, you know, she's trying to try have a conversation by asking me some questions about cannabis. Hey, that's great. I'll talk to whoever about cannabis. Cause I think that's, that's great conversations to be had. Um, But I, you know, I think I was trying to also be very curt, very matter of fact, I gave you your answer. Okay. And she just kept trying to like come up with the most random questions to ask me. And eventually I hear somebody shout from, way back in the line behind me. I don't even know. She shouted her name and she goes, he's not interested. Just take the hint. Just come back. And she goes, and I could see her face get totally red. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go find my friends now. And then she like runs back to her friends. Super awkward at that point. I feel bad because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this type of situation? This is the typical Starbucks barista situation you know just because I'm being nice to somebody at work doesn't mean that I'm interested in them doesn't mean that you know um, it it means that you should sit there and try to strike up a conversation I understand that you're drunk and maybe you don't understand that you're sitting there for a little longer than usual but at that point it's kind of borderline like you're really in my space and there's been multiple times where I've been You know, uh, in a position off to the side where I'm placing orders with people, they're they're very. There's no barrier. You're standing there. I mean, you you showed it earlier when you were kind of moving around within the dispensary. I mean, you're standing there, and people come in with big groups of friends, family, whatever, and especially on game nights when it's uh, or game days when people are drunk and they're coming in, they're just they're breathing all over you in your personal space. I'm somebody where again. A major part of being autistic, I don't like being touched. And sometimes, even between me and my girlfriend, like even sometimes she'll touch me and I'm like, oh, you know, like I like jump or something. She's probably the only person I really enjoy touching, you know, like uh have like sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean that <laughs> touching me, you know. Um yeah, I get it. To the point where, like, you know, I I'll give her hugs and feel comfortable about it. Even my own mom, right. I don't feel comfortable sometimes giving hugs. You know, it's not because I hate my mom. It's just, I just, it makes my my skin crawl up. And yet I'll be subjected to being in a position where they apparently can't come up with a better way to make it flow or have a barrier between you and the customers. And, you know, it comes with the territory of, of where that store is located, where you're it's just, it's natural. You're going to have the drunk people. I have no problem with that. I actually like being drunk and being high at the same time. I like having that crossfade and and um and there are some studies actually to show that being drunk actually increases the high. Yeah.
0: Um it's pretty fucking fun. You gotta be careful. Oh, yeah, folks,
1: it's great. But... <laughs> um, but what I don't enjoy is having drunk people touch me, push me around. I'm given this little iPad to hold and place your order. They're grabbing the iPad. I swear to God, I actually had to tell a coworker of mine who was helping take an order. They turned away like this for a second. And I watched a guy go like this and then go back to scrolling. And I called over the radio. I was like, Hey, uh, and So uh, can you come here for a second? And they were like, okay. They come over and they leave the interaction. I said, Hey, don't touch that iPad again. I was like, go, let them finish the order. Go clean it. (laughs) And they're like, okay. And I told them why. And they were like freaked out. But, you know, again, and that's kind of like part of the reason too, is it's like, you know, it's, it's a cleanliness, a safety thing. Um, and so, you know, you've had multiple women at this location who have voiced these concerns and said, hey, can we try to get a new system in place? No, this is what, what works best. We're, we're not looking to change anything at this time. Okay. Um, so, So the solution is continue to let women be groped or be uh, verbally harassed from customers. Hey, cause I've seen it happen too. They are, these guys come in, they're drunk or even just sober dudes, they start hitting on some of the women that work there. Um, and it's uncomfortable to watch. And it's, and I, I can't even imagine there being, you know, some of these women in the in the position to know that you have to be subjected to sexual harassment whenever you're put in that position uh, and when you bring up those concerns to your management, again, this goes back to it's how you handle the situation. They're not being treated like they're humans because they're not being subjected to it. You don't see the managers typically over there doing that because technically they can't, it's written into our contract with our union. These are our duties. You know, they don't want to take away hours from us. So they can't, but again, they're not subjected to it. So that, you know, the, the management, Overall narrative is always, oh, you guys are just whining. You just don't want to do that position. And it's like, you know, there's this reoccurring theme where it's like, no, some of these positions or processes are just dangerous or are just not set up in viable ways.
0: Yeah. And I get the vibe they're going for. It's like kind of like an at Apple store vibe where you come in, you have like, think that. about it. When you go to the Apple store, you got somebody with an iPad. They come over, you sit real close together. Like I sit at the same table as the person. Sometimes they walk around and look at the phones with you and it's a very intimate process, but what is not happening is you're not like loaded. You're not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Usually when you go to one of those stores, this is right off of Clark street, right next to Wrigleyville, right next to all the bars. And like you're saying, like, so I, I'm not bringing that up to put down any of your, complaints i'm trying to say i understand the vibe they're going for but maybe that vibe doesn't work in the place that you're at does that make sense
1: so and i 100 agree um and this is going to bring me my next point my next uh quick little story i've got um i had a conversation with a very high up corporate person she was like the regional so she's not the district she's a regional manager um it was oh actually the district manager was there as well uh, we had a sit down meeting and we talked about this in February and this is where it really got concerning for me um, and where I really got the impression that corporate just couldn't give a rat's ass about how we're treated any of our ideas. I brought up to the, the idea to them and said, Hey, instead of setting it up like this, what would be, you know, cause when you, you know, I, I don't know if you've shopped at that location, our location, <clears throat> um, When you get checked in at the front, whether you you have a pickup order or whether you are coming to place one, you're given a ticket regardless. The only difference is that if you already pre-placed your ticket, it's a receipt showing all the stuff you ordered and it still has your order number at the top. Mm. If you are a fresh customer and you haven't placed anything, you want to look around or talk with somebody, build your own basket with someone, whatever, kind of like the more Apple side experience. Yeah. Yeah. You're still given a little ticket with a QR code on it um, that we can scan so that we can pull up your basket, which will be empty, and it'll have a order number attached to that basket. Mm-hmm. So again, so we can keep track of you know your order, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. And it has your name and you know all the all the all the um information that we need. I proposed to them and said, hey, I think this would be a much safer and easier environment uh for not just customers, but for employees as well, what would be the harm in having, you wouldn't have to change much cause you already have the ticket system set up, but just put little like screens or little TVs or whatever, little readers on the on the top of every register station. And when the order is finalized, when, you know, when, so like if I fulfill an order, I give it to a runner, they go, bring it to a uh, person who's available to start ringing somebody up. Now they've got that ticket. They punch in the order number, boom, it pops up above them. Or they could call out or something if they want to do a PA system and say, Hey, order number, blah, 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 come to register such and such.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. And now they've got the the light on or they've got your order number above, you know, their head and you just go there, you check out and boom. And you still have time at that point to have customers look around at the accessories, look around at some of the products in the display cases, have conversations with wellness advisors on the floor that are kind of moving around like Apple employees, you know, because mm-hmm. I do, I agree with you. I think that that's the vibe that they're going for. Um, or if they want to place an order, again, we've got, at that point, you can have more wellness advisors just out on the floor, just having casual rate conversations with people um you know and just chatting it up building those those more personable connections with people and make it a much more chill environment where people want to come back and be like hey you know um i really enjoyed talking to so-and-so over there you know we weren't talking anything about cannabis you know i saw he had a cool shirt on or a cool pin on his lanyard and we were just talking about that while i was waiting for my order to be ready you know boom done or hey i saw this cool accessory and i was talking to so-and-so about how to use it because i've never dab before in my life and i've been looking at the puffco peak and you know whatever you can't have those types of conversations because you only have the people off to the side who are taking orders and it's typically a line waiting so they got to burn and turn or you've got the people who are uh you got everyone in this line waiting to check out and then when they get to the register it's burn and turn again so where are you having these conversations where you can actually just like Again, the expectation when you're coming into the cannabis it, into this store is, you know, the expectation is, you know, Hey, we want you to come and build these cool relationships. We want to be new. We want to be different. We want to have a different cannabis experience. And it's like, but you're not, this is just Jewel with a, without the self-checkout, you know?
0: And it's only a matter of time before we do that. Cause like, really, what are you, what are oh, you 100%. there for? I mean, like if we can get you compliantly scanned in and we can get your cash, like pick out whatever the fuck you want, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And, and in my opinion, this is just my opinion, of course, I think that's wrong. I don't think that that's the way you should go about it. It might work for McDonald's to have the kiosk there mm-hmm. and be able to put in your order or whatever, and then just go pick it up when it's ready. But for cannabis, I think that's so wrong. Not only is, is it, there's so much nuance to it. I mean, I'm no expert I, you know, right. I think a lot of knowledge, but I'm definitely no expert. I'm no connoisseur. That's for sure either. But I do like to have those conversations. And as I've said before, I like having the conversations with people that have no experience and I can put them on something to start with. And I like learning from, you know, older people that come in and have had, you know, been smoking for the past 50 years.
0: Yeah, but this this company is just the wrong place for that type of attitude because because or for that those types of ideals. And I know that might be hard to heal it, hear. It's hard to say, you know, like um these companies brand themselves as CPG companies, consumer packaged goods. And if you just think about how you purchase most consumer packaged goods, like even they like to use them. They want to be the Coca-Cola of cannabis. They say that. Right. And you think about that, like you don't really have a lot of conversations about Coca-Cola. I mean, I asked people about the new Coca-Cola dream world and they like, I didn't try it. And I was like, OK, I might try it. And it sucked. Fuck that shit. But um, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you just come in, you grab a Coca-Cola because you know what you're expecting. You know what the experience is going to be like. And, you know, I'm grabbing a Coca-Cola. So they want that to be the experience with weed. But as you say, it's much more nuanced than that. Um, Each batch is different. Mm -hmm. Um, Each batch affects a person. Exactly.
1: That's a fantastic point. You could have the same strain.
0: Different batch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even two different growers. Bingo. And and night and day difference.
0: Well, hey, I, you know, it's easy to get off on these tangents and I'm not trying to to stifle them i just feel like you you know you came on and we were talking about your case and we had gotten to january 6th and i wanted to make sure we saw through uh
1: no of course
0: kind of what you were bringing Um, up um
1: so i mean the so the january 6th i mean that that was kind of the extent of it um
0: you didn't storm the capitol that day
1: no oh, you know that's a crazy coincidence i didn't even realize that because yeah. i haven't written down the exact I've been holding
0: thing. that back the entire time
1: that is so crazy i actually didn't even put two and two together um
0: well oh, you've got well, an alibi
1: me too so oh darn so it was the year before that
0: um year before that okay yeah well, yeah i was gonna yeah. say you have an alibi if anybody tries to say you're at the capitol like no i was in hr I was <laughs>
1: fighting for my disability
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah. So where, no, yeah, where do so, we, how do we get to where we are today? Cause I get the under impression that, that things are pretty serious now.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the way that January, uh, that meeting January 6th kind of left off is, um, my union fought hard. They did eventually get them to drop the, you know, kind of admit fault, um, not in an official capacity, which I did ask for, um, you know, because they said, like, is there anything you're looking for out of this? And I said, yeah, I'd like them to admit that they were wrong. I'd like them to admit that, you know, and they were like, well, I think them dropping the uh, um, points in the write-ups off of your profile, I think that that's the best you're going to get. So, okay, fine. Um, you know, I've had other times where I have, you know, come to the union for stuff where I thought it was, you know, putting my my safety at risk, they disagreed with me. um, And that kind of was a staunch point, in my opinion. Um, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way with my union because as much as they've been kind of hot and cold with how useful they are, you know, that was kind of the last straw for me. Um, I had a whole conversation with them over the phone, trying to plead my case to say, hey, I don't think that this is this write up was correct, Uh, because really the write up was was over the fact that they had they were trying to they were the manager. I came in late again uh, due to my disability, gave them ample heads up. So that wasn't an issue at that point. The issue is that when I came in, um, it was like an hour and a half late. I was supposed to be on a register. And I was only scheduled for a couple hours in the beginning of my shift on register. So at that point, if I had jumped in, I would have only been on register for like another hour and a half. And then the rest of my shift for the other five hours, I would have been on whatever other position. They didn't like that. They wanted to make sure I was logging the majority of my shift on a register. Even though, again, we've talked about how multiple doctors of mine have said he shouldn't even be on register in the first place. They've denied that they've, you know the the um the compromise we've come to is putting me in a little dark corner <laughs> of the store instead um and saying that that's that's uh sufficient and uh and so i came in that day and i said hey i you know i'm i'm going to just finish up my shift on this register and they said no 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 we're going to put you on the register for the second half of your shift and i was like well, what are you talking about why 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 would that make any sense and they're like well you know what Then I was called insubordinate. God, I wish that that word could be completely nixed out of all employment, you know, places of employment. I mean, that is a military. I hope people, when they hear that at work, that they recognize that that is, that was never a uh, term that's been used within the workplace until the past like 20, 30 years. Uh, That was initially a term that is always been uh derived from military standpoint um it's a military word to be insubordinate to your superiors um and so even though it has that um similar connotation to it that i think is how it's kind of creeped into uh the workplace but it's just so wrong because i think insubordination you know within the workplace again in my opinion i was telling them and and pleading this case to my union and saying, you know, I don't believe that they have grounds to say that I was being insubordinate because again, me coming in late, uh, you know, already telling them that I was having a flare up in the morning. I'm coming in late. Obviously I'm not feeling well that day because of my disability. And you want to put me on the one position that I've already fought with you tooth and nail to not be on in general. And the compromise was to be on it as little as possible. And in the corner, you know, not on a fast paced version of that. But you're going to make sure that I make that I'm on it for a majority of my shift on a day that I already am not feeling well and coming in late because of that. But I'm being called insubordinate. Like, it's just absolutely nuts. And we have, I mean, like you've said multiple times, too, we've got 30 plus employees on any given day. You know, you're really going to tell me that it's too hard to grab somebody who doesn't have a disability or doesn't have the same type of disability that's affected like mine and just say, hey, you know, uh DJ's not feeling super well today. He had to come in work late because of such and such, you know, they don't they can't disclose my reasons, you know, legally, but just say like, hey, he's he came in late, he's not feeling well. Um, I don't feel comfortable putting on a register. You know, it's the humanity aspect that blows my mind. It's like these are not difficult scenarios that we're putting in front of them to handle. This is just being human in my opinion. Um, and so you know, I had that conversation actually with my union and and this is the only thing that I'll say about my union that really rubbed me the wrong way. I was having that conversation and I, was trying to explain this to the union rep who is not our usual union rep so I will say that I prefaced from the very beginning of our phone call I told her I said I'm autistic sometimes I kind of talk in a circle as you may have noticed <laughs> sometimes I kind of just D-d-d-d-d-d. um and you know and sometimes I told her I said, I'm, I, I might have to stop you and ask for a clarification because you know sometimes I might not understand something or or um you know, I might need to kind of circle back to it. And about 20 minutes into our conversation, she kept twisting everything that I was saying and saying and to 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 um, really sound like she was siding with corporate. And um, and I didn't appreciate that. And I said, no, 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 you're twisting my words all wrong. And she kept cutting me off as I was trying to speak. And, I, and eventually I kind of snapped on her. I said, can you please stop cutting me off? I was like, cause I, it's not only just already hard for me to have this conversation with you, but when you keep cutting me off and I'm trying to get my words out, um, you know, you're making me lose my train of thought and I, I can't, you know, bring it across to you the right way in the way that, you know, it went down and, um, you know, I think you're doing a, a disservice to me. And she goes, okay, I, I I'll stop talking. So I say, okay, thank you. So I go and I finish my whole story. And I finish and I, and I was like, hello, is, I, is anyone there? And I literally sat in silence for like two minutes and I was like, hello. Like, and she goes, well, you told me not to talk. And I said, okay, you knew exactly what I meant when I said that. I was like, and I don't appreciate you mocking my autism. When I'm telling you, you you know, you didn't have to take it so literal. You knew exactly what I was inferring. Like, if anything, I should be the one who takes things super literally,
0: right. you know, but like, like you're just saying, let me finish.
1: Yeah, exactly. And And as I was saying that she cut me off again and I snapped and I said, you're doing it again. I was like, you're literally cutting me off while I'm trying to explain to you that you continue to cut me off. So that and and I brought this up to uh, one of the leaders of the union, and I said something to them, and and they said, "Okay, we'll, we'll look into it." I never heard anything back about it. Never got any sort of um, feedback, you know. And and okay, sure, they might not have to necessarily share anything with me about that, but it's just disconcerting because it's like that's who I'm supposed to be going to, you know, for any type of issues. Um. And really, you know, the last. Last little story I want to get into is um, so, end of February, I sat down, like I was saying, with the regional and the district manager to kind of share some of these ideas. Sharing, you know, like I was telling you about the idea of how we could set up the flow of traffic, uh, make it a little easier, um, make it more manageable, and make it safer for employees and for customers. Uh, she actually said she liked that idea. She wrote it down in her notebook or whatever, but as far as I know, nothing has changed. So whatever. <laughs> I mean, that was in February. It's, we're in June now. <laughs> um, the biggest thing that I really did not like is that I also brought up to her, and this, this is where it really, really rubbed me the wrong way, in a bad way. Actually, can you pull up a picture of the front of our... Uh, of our store
0: yeah yeah that, that'll help me
1: kind of describe this story a little better yep
0: pulling it up now my friend
1: sorry i've just kind of been ranting
0: <laughs> hey dude it's the great thing about podcasts we can take the time to have these important conversations so thank you for sitting down with me today um of course. pulling up the sunny side here and um, I guess for folks that are listening that haven't already gotten the point, you can watch the video version at chillanoid.net slash video. Um, here's the store.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, can you, it's perfect. So you see how all the windows in the front are like tinted, frosted glass. Mm-hmm. So we had it like that for the longest time. It's actually different now. Those films have been removed. Yep. So you can see it's just a normal window now. You can see clear as day. Really? Uh there. Yep.
0: I thought yep. you had to have
1: hmm. uh just a little tint is all oh. you have to have. Okay. Um but you don't have to have it completely frosted like that. Hmm. Um so you have to have like a tinted window, which they do. Hmm. Right beyond that window is your check-in area and you've got people getting checked in such and such reason i bring this up is because um i brought this up to again the regional and district manager and i said hey you know something that might be of concern is that you guys have now removed yeah that check-in area right there i said you guys have now removed that frosted glass that sidewalk right out front is a public sidewalk. And with the First Amendment, with free speech, part of that includes being able to stand on a public sidewalk and record anything that the eye can see in public. That means that if you have glass windows that are open and you can see through them, I can sit there from a public sidewalk and I, rec- I can record inside as much as I want to. Okay, not a big deal. They want people to see inside. They want people to see the stuff that's going on. Whatever the problem that I had is, as we were talking about earlier, me being a medical customer before being at Sunnyside, and now also being a uh, you know employee there. I told her, I said, "Um, I think you guys should rethink the, you know, the frosted glass, or potentially rearrange the way that you have that check-in area set up because there's nothing stopping somebody." from standing right out there staring in and recording every medical person that walks in. That's a huge HIPAA violation because we are taking down their name. We've got their date of birth, their address, their um, phone number for most of them. Um, We've got their QP number uh, that they get assigned for the cannabis program in Illinois. Uh, You know, I'm like, we have all of their medical information that we are legally responsible for protecting. I could go stand out there right now and just record. Um. She immediately shot me down on this yeah. and uh, and I kind of pushed back and, and the way that she talked down to me was so disrespectful. She said, DJ, you need to learn that you're not always going to get everything that you want. She said, you have to learn how to accept the No. And I I was very confused again. I think it was it, I was having like an autistic moment because I've never heard that phrase before, except the no. I was like, and she said so. She said it so flippantly, except the no. And I was like, what, did she skip on her words? Did she say something wrong? What, did she mean to say something else? What do you mean, except the no? Like, and I kind of dawned on me and clicked. Except the no and N-O, oh. Like I have to accept that she is saying no. I was like, what What do you mean, except the no? What does that mean? I've never heard that phrase. And she goes. Yeah, you're not always gonna get everything that you want and you have to drop this. And I told her, I said, I am not going to drop this because not only is this a HIPAA violation, but this is a blatant disregard for my privacy as a medical patient as well. I'm looking out for the company, trying to save you guys from a potential lawsuit. You guys have already leaked customer information and sent out emails saying, hey, somebody opened a spam email or something like that and leaked, you know, a good portion of people's personal information. Um,
0: I'm not familiar with what you're talking about.
1: Oh yeah. That happened last year at some point. A lot of people got emails about it.
0: <laughs> and they, so they like got customers. notified that, that their, their, notif- their, their um, information was potentially exposed. Correct. That? Gotcha.
1: Correct. Uh, so, and it was employees and uh Customers too.
0: Yeah, and I'm no expert. I don't mean to cut you off, but I just like, I. first of all, I don't know that HIPAA covers this because HIPAA is federal and this is a state-sanctioned program and federal cannabis is federally illegal. And it's like, it's weird because this isn't a prescription. This is a recommendation. I'm not saying so, you don't have a point. I'm not saying you don't have a point. It's just that like, There's a lot going on there and I don't, I don't know if the HIPAA thing is, you know. Sure.
1: So I, 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 and I'd actually be happy to kind of maybe weigh in on this. Sure. Um, So we have to be HIPAA compliant. We actually take trainings. I don't think a lot of people know that, but we actually have to take trainings. uh, And I don't think you have to take those trainings if you're strictly recreational, Oh. Um, but we actually have, if you walk into our location, we have a plaque posted that has your HIPAA rights. Um, and we actually have people, yeah, I think, yeah, anytime you're a new medical customer, you have to sign off on a form Right. to, bring to that uh, agreement with us that we keep and store your personal information, medical information. Um, and to get a medical card in Illinois, you have to have a reference from a doctor, even if it's one of those little quick minute, you right. know, you have right. a quick zoom five minute meeting with the doctor, regardless it's a doctor who is signing off and putting their license on the line saying that they support your decision to uh, consume cannabis for your medical issues. Um, So there is in some way, shape or form, a medical breakdown there uh, for medical locations such as ours. And, uh, and again, like I said, to a point where they, you know, if you're a new customer, you have to sign a form. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times they'll just have us sign it. You know, we can ask the customer and say, Hey, do you want to sign it or do you want us just a, you know, for you?
0: And And I guess the only other thing, I mean, if you're, if, yeah, if the fucking screens, if people can see the screens from the window and I guess I'm looking at this, I guess maybe they could see it from the side or whatever, but I just think like, if you use an analogy, what what's happening here is not very unique. Like, for example, like people go to Walgreens and they, you know, you can hear people like, Hey, I've got, I need, I'm picking up my prescription. My name is this. And I mean, certainly there are some things where it's like you give people space or whatever, courtesy. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You could you could kind of go into a Walgreens or uh, another pharm- pharmacy and they don't have blurred windows or anything like that. So I'm not trying to downplay the serious concerns you have about people's data. I'm just trying to be fair and, and say...
1: And again, if you notice, you know, like Walgreens, for instance, they put the pharmacy in the back corner. Right. Never are you going to have a
0: pharmacy that's right right
1: at the very front with no frosted windows. It's just you just can't. Um. And And I I, and I don't uh,
0: frequent pharmacies I was going to say that it is possible I guess there's sort of like a pharmacy etiquette where it's like you kind of give people space so that you're not like overhearing things I don't know I don't go to a pharmacy enough to to be able to speak on that but to your point
1: and I have a video somewhere I can't find it right now but I actually have a video of um you know the next thing that I've heard from people is like if you don't think that this is happening already it is I have a video of um, a oh I just found her here. <laughs> I'll send this to you too uh, potentially. But I have a video of that's me actually at the front check-in and we had a lady staring us down me and my coworker, and she just stood there and stared us down for like 10 minutes and we had uh security come and shoo her away there's there's him telling her to go away and then she left and she walked away and she kept coming back and she kept you know staring and she she literally was just staring us down through the window um and actually you can see from that video that that's where it's now
0: clear and
1: the and the yeah, fast you could
0: see off. right through that motherfucker <laughs> oh yeah
1: she was staring us down and then she was outside she was screaming uh, cannabis kills children and I, I mean, she was i mean, she was. she was calling it cannabis but yeah she was not a fan (laughs) um but again it kind of goes to my point of like you just don't know it it, it is it is if you're gonna have a public sidewalk right there it is within anybody's constitutional right to stand there and take Mm -hmm. video and you are opening yourself up to a potential lawsuit i don't think that lady
0: needed to move
1: no, she didn't. She, just she, did. she did not have to move. Security, yeah. I mean, they could try to scare her off as much as they right. want, which they did. Um, all he did was come up there and go like this. And she walked Right, away.
0: But she could fucking sit down she if she wanted to.
1: She could sit there all day long if she wanted to. Yeah. And she has every constitutional right to do so. And that was where I had a problem and where I brought it up and why I had concern with them. Treating me like I was stupid, number one, acting like I don't know what my rights are, number one, telling me I need to drop it when that is my information as well as other customers that is potentially at risk, like, mm-hmm. no. And number two, telling me to accept the no, that's just degrading. It's like talking to down to your dog, you know, like, accept the no, you're not going to get everything you want. I'm not trying to get everything I want. I'm trying to simply protect the company. You would think that you, and I, and I actually mentioned this to her and said, do you at least want to bring this concern up to somebody higher up? I know this is your sales strategy to have the window open, you know? And she says, no, I don't need to. Hmm. And I was like, you don't you even want to at least have the conversation with somebody higher up and, and see if they agree that this might be a concern. And she tells me, no, I don't have to. We already had these conversations before we implemented this. It's already too late now. You want to hear the funny part about this whole situation? I went to my union the very next day. It might have actually been the same day. Within the same week, I get an email back from from my union. I have it here, too. Them saying, we talked to corporate. They said that they are going to be implementing uh, screen protectors for those computers up front. So obviously, you know, they it just it blows my mind that I can be treated so poorly, talked down to so poorly. And this is not from my manager or a supervisor. This is from the regional and the district manager. These are high people pretty high up in the company who are treating me like absolute dog shit for bringing up a valid concern, trying to protect the company. So even it's like a damn your dude, damn if you don't. They want to call us whiny, you know, pouty babies or whatever the, the fucking you know uh phrase was. But then when we're trying to actually implement and say, hey, I have a good idea, good idea on how to make the place run smoother, I have a good idea on how to save you from a potential lawsuit, we're still getting talked down to still getting treated like crap. Um and obviously they did realize that I was right in some regard. Because if I if they if they had realized that I was just if they would have died on that hill and said I was totally wrong, do you think they would have been implementing those screen guards? No. Not at all. And this is again within a week. And I'm sure I could actually pull up the exact dates and times and everything of the email I sent to the union to when I got the response back from them saying, Hey, that's being implemented. Why did I have to be subjected to being talked down to? And now I'm supposed to go and work with these people and, and treat them as leaders. I mean, they're supposed to be like my leaders, leaders, leaders Mm -hmm. within the company. How am I supposed to have respect for people like that, that want to treat me like that, talk down to me like that. And then, you know, when I'm trying to bring up very valid arguments or points or concerns, you know? Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's really a damned if you're damned, if you do damned, if you don't, um, you know, nothing, nothing really ever seems to get done. (laughs) Um, I, I actually had a coworker come up to me and, uh, and tell me, uh, and they only told me this because they also have a disability and they didn't like this. I had two AICs in the back break room that were talking poorly about me and my disability that's a huge no-no huge legal no-no um i'm actually pretty sure when we took our ada like training our discrimination harassment training uh that we have to take every year pretty sure that exact scenario was brought up and um i'm gonna go through and do the whole training for it and yet i have a coworker come up to me and say hey these two AICs are talking shit about you and your disability right now. I go and I tell a manager, they confirm that that actually is true. They bring one of the managers in uh, and that manager apologizes, but that manager wasn't the one who was saying everything. They were apparently just listening,
0: <laughs>
1: whatever that means. Um, and so uh, I get the confirmation that not only did this occur, but then, apparently they were going to have a talk with the other manager that was saying this stuff, that person, that guy is still employed there. And it makes it uncomfortable. This all goes back to how you handle these situations. How, you know, at what point do I have any say in my comfortability within the workplace? I have accommodations that are being denied. Even the accommodations that are approved are being, I'm being written up for. Not being honored.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Not honored. Exactly. Right. Um, I'm being disrespected and talked down to when I bring up good ideas. Uh, I'm getting hypocritical statements saying we want you to wear headphones, but if you have a disability and you need headphones, that's out the window. Um, You know, no transparency with, like, situations with the bathroom, what's going on with it, why can't we get it fixed? It's been over a year now. Mm -hmm. Specialty parts, like it's a bionicle or something. I mean, I used to love playing with Bionicles and putting them together and popping the sockets in place and all that. Apparently, this is like the Bionicle of toilet tree. I I don't understand it. Um, you know, it's like it's it's thing after thing after thing. You know, you have managers, uh, and that actually wasn't even the first time that that happened. I had somebody come and tell me that a manager was talking shit about me and my disability, and and you know what they were actually saying? They said I wish that. I could make my own schedule and I can just come in whenever I want. Like, like that's something that I want to have.
0: Yeah, you like having this condition. control over.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I just love having Crohn's and dealing with all the stuff that curveballs so that it Crohn's yeah, all those things me. that people don't even know about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You think I liked being in the hospital for the past two months and having this giant scar now down my 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 belly for the rest of my life because? you know of a disability that i had no control over
0: um this might be a weird question but can you sh- can you show me it <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. are you uncomfortable yeah. with that okay
1: it's i'm kind of hiding it a little bit but it yeah. kind of goes from here all the way down wow um, damn dude yeah and i'm still recovering i mean that's why i'm not at work right now you know i've got another two weeks before i'm gonna be back um You know, and and it just you know, and 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 it brings up the question of like, why not only why would I want to go back and continue to be subjected to that, but why would anybody who hasn't worked within the industry want to come into it fresh and experience all of this?
0: Yeah, if you see me squirming over here, it's because I don't like medical injuries anyway. I don't know why I asked you to show me, but I was just curious. You gave me the impression it was serious, and goddamn, that's a big cut, bro. Yeah.
1: And actually, I mean, to be totally transparent, I'm not going to go to TMI, but it was rough, you know, like, I, and I don't think a lot of people understand, like that was, that was the end goal. That was the, the very final process of it. But to get there, they had to install, um, a tube. Uh, I actually have two other scars uh, one, mm. one was inserted between my rib cage. Fucking sucked. Every time I breathed, it sucked. I had to sleep like a vampire. I couldn't roll on either side because I had tubes, one tube on my right side through my rib cage and another one on my left side kind of near my hip. And it was long uh, rubbery tubes. And at the end of them, it was like a little ball, kind of like a squeezy exercise ball, Mm -hmm. but it was uh, empty and full of air and had a little, little pop off. And it would fill, you would squeeze it tight and then put the uh, the cap back on, and that would create a vacuum to suck this you know nastiness. I'll leave it at that. This yeah. nasty out, and then that ball would fill up with fluid. Whew. And I had it on both sides, and I had to get. And I was in the hospital for months. No food, by the way. No food. I was on a clear liquid Damn. diet. Gatorade, chicken broth, and uh, I couldn't even eat crackers um, and Jello. God, I never want to look at jello ever again in my fucking life. I bet. <laughs> I've had every fucking goddamn color combination of yeah. you could possibly think of. <laughs> Anyways. Um but yeah, you know, it's just it, it blows my mind because it's like, why why would anybody want to be subjected to to those types of conditions coming in? You know, again, you you go into it with the expectation of I'm gonna go and I'm gonna have a great job where I can sell cannabis to people just have a great fucking time. And there are some days where I'm just having a great time with people and doing that. And then, you know, it's just, it's all the other stuff just makes it not worth it. I'd rather just sit at home and fucking smoke my fucking joints or whatever, take an edible, take a freaking giant ass glob of RSO and drift into the couch and not have to deal with all that shit, you know? Um, and it's just, yeah, it just blows my mind that, that this is what we're going through. And, you know, I, and I, I commented on like the podcast last night, we were talking a little bit about, um, the, some of like the, the tax stuff, you know, coming into it. I don't really know what their goal is. I think you had commented and said something about, along the lines of, you're not sure if the deal is even going to be finalized between Columbia, uh, and Cresco yeah the acquisition um you know they really obviously are trying to make it seem like that's and in fact
0: one of like the top leading reg uh well she was a regulator in massachusetts she's like a huge policy person uh responded to a tweet i made about that last night yeah she predicted that yeah it's not going to go through
1: i don't think so either i trust her I mean, and, and it sucks because you know um i was looking forward to it as an employee uh I think they actually have this listed as a benefit, so I don't think it's wrong for me to talk about this. But you know, as a as a employee benefit, you actually get stock in the company, right? Right. Not our location because for whatever reason, when the people were negotiating our contract with the union, they <laughs> decided, let's toss that out. I don't know why the fuck they would do that, but they did.
0: Probably to get something else. Give. I don't you know what else give that away to less, get
1: that. We have less oh. shit than other fucking locations within the same company we have less benefits so i don't know what we, we don't have access to a parking lot we don't i mean just so much so much shit that we don't have access to or don't have the same benefits as as other locations and uh you know it seems like we really got the short end of the stick even having a union <laughs> um at this location but um yeah you know i was again if if i had had stock in the company I would want that to go through, even though it's the Canadian stock market. You know, I I would think that once it finalizes, typically any type of acquisition, uh, I'm no tax or stock expert or anything, but typically when stocks, you know, uh, when companies will do an acquisition like that, the stocks will have a pretty steep drop off. And once it finalizes and things are kind of cement and you start seeing some growth again, you start seeing that that incline pretty sharp. I'm pretty sure it's actually saying within Cresco's numbers that they've been at like a half billion dollar loss last year. It was like 0.62 or something like that, billion dollar loss uh, on their margins. You know, they're not even gonna be profitable for another two years. I think they said 2024, 2025, something like that before it's even a profitable company. Um, so I can 100%, you know, that's that's why they had to do it based off the valuation of their stocks. That was where they were getting, you know, and then COVID happened, you know, and uh, and and their stock just literally fucking tanked um, after COVID and and some other things, you know, that that happened in the marketplace, inflation shooting up. I think that was one of the major things um, and their stock price just had never really recuperated that loss and the valuation that they had negotiated the deal originally for, but didn't have the funds for that fucking deal. <laughs> um now they're just they 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 keep getting inching further and further away from their goal, you know, um, and it really sucks because I know like Ethan uh, I think mentioned this yesterday, but you know we as the employees have really taken the brunt of that having less management, less AICS, less materials available to us in stores because they're trying to finalize this deal that's likely not even going to fucking go through like and and at the end of the day even if we had stock in it we're not going to see that come to fruition we're not going to see any any increase in our margins you know uh if we're vested and we want to you know cash out for what <laughs> it's it's just you know again it, it 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 makes it so it's like why 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 would i want to come to work at a place where i'm going to be sexually harassed not taken seriously. I have disabilities. They're not taken seriously. You have a building that's practically falling apart. And I don't know if I actually mentioned this, but a manager even told me at some point within this past year uh that they were thinking about selling, they're thinking about selling that building already because it's already costing them so much fucking
0: money. Yeah, gotta have a thought. I don't the plumber in those parts, man.
1: Just the fucking plumbers alone, it's crazy. (laughs) I mean, God, hiring a plumber multiple times a week, I can't even imagine the fucking bill that they've. I I mean,
0: hire a fucking plumber.
1: (laughs) Listen, I know I mentioned it once, but I was a manager for two years, so I am very well aware of signing off on every fucking invoice that came in for parts for services. I had a, a a coworker that broke a window once. I had to call somebody so that you know we had to. Uh, tape up the window. And then I had to call somebody to come and like fix the window. And like, I mean, I've dealt with shit like that before. So I understand that it can be costly. But God damn, like, at what? Oh, Lord, like, I, and I actually brought that up to managers, I think at one point, and I said, Hey, like, I've been in your shoes, I've signed those invoices. At what point are you guys sick and tired of pissing away money? on having plumbers come. And, and and I don't know if this has changed yet, but since my last day I was there a few months ago, um, they had a standing order with a plumbing company to come once a week. I think it was like once every Thursday or something to come and just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of as a preemptively uh, assuming that there's gonna be an issue. They would just clear out the fucking the sewer drains in the floor and so they had a guy come every thursday go to town and so every morning i come in on a thursday i see a guy in there, you know going to town in the floor and i'm like okay it's just another fucking thursday at this point so um yeah i i i, I don't know i feel like i'm rambling on
0: <laughs> yeah well i feel like we've covered it covered it basically covered it all um i mean i guess the last thing we should make clear if you want to if you I I specifically asked you if you wanted to talk about this and you said yes so you mentioned you've got a meeting set up in two weeks do you want to lay that out as we close the show what what that looks like or would you rather not talk about it
1: I don't care I've said it before I mean until I sign something from them saying I can't talk about it I'm gonna tell people like I mean, we already kind of got into the details of it, but, you know, I encourage anybody, you know, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of or that your accommodations that you have, whether they're verbal or on file are being uh, denied unfairly or um, being uh, gone against, you know, you, you have every right. Use the federal channels that are there available to you. I've reached out to the EEOC it's a very long process though. Um, and especially Illinois, something's going on in Illinois with a lot of employers, not just obviously Sunnyside or cannabis, but um, they're backed up. I mean, they, I had somebody reach out to me from Milwaukee. Um, they're having to call in other state's office EOC offices to handle some of their cases because they're just so backlogged. I've talked with a um, disability lawyer uh, attorney about this, and she was the one who actually told me about the backlog that's in Illinois, and she's been dealing with a lot of that. Um, she's given me a ton of really good advice and is helping me with this case. Um, potentially, I'll give you a little plug uh, for her company. Um, it's called Equip for Equality. It's a nonprofit. So if anybody you know has a disability and they just even want to talk and have a conversation. It's totally free to reach out to them. Um, And it's centered here in Illinois specifically, which is another great thing, uh, especially if you're in the cannabis industry um, and have a disability. Because I'm assuming that Sunnyside is not uh, unique to that experience. They're not the only ones that are trying to hire people that have disabilities so they can relate to the customers easier. Um, So, you know, again, equip for equality, um, you know, you don't have to tell them I sent you because <laughs> uh, it's not like that. Um, but they are more than happy to send you just a plethora of resources, things to look at, things to uh, go over. They'll strategize with you about how to go about things, what to ask for, uh, templates if you need a template on how to ask for certain things, like even your employee personnel file. If you want to ask for it, but you don't know how, she'll give you the exact, the exact uh, law Uh, to quote and she actually gives you a template sorry that has the exact quoted law in there um, for the Illinois legislature Um, and it's just it's a super great resource to have and and in my case you know uh, I have a potential meeting set up with them in a few weeks to kind of go over all this stuff Um, you know they've agreed to mediate with me um, and potentially come to some type of agreement Um, what that will be I don't know will it be anything at all I don't know Um, you know, that obviously is going to come down to them, but, you know, at at this point, I'm at a point where I'm like, Hey, I have free speech just as much as they do. (laughs) Um, and as long as I'm not lying about anything or exaggerating anything beyond, you know, reason, uh, I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to, I'm going to tell exactly what happened because, I have the receipts, you know, I actually keep uh, copies of everything. And as much as they don't want to give those copies, I will demand it because I know I'm entitled to them. Um, You know, and, and so I've kept very meticulous records of every single email, every single document that has occurred between me and the company. Um, And I'm ready to to go into that meeting to basically lack of a better term, put it all on the table and, uh, (laughs) know just kind of say like hey you know i think you know that you're in the wrong for the way that that i've been treated in this situation and um and i think that there needs to be some accountability for that because if i can't get that accountability on the store level with the management group that's there um then i'm gonna have to call him big brother (laughs) you know uh, it is what it is. I'm going to call in whoever I need to, to, because as I've mentioned before, this isn't, I don't think this is a cannabis, uh, unique situation. I think that this is across the country. People are dealing with these types of situations and these issues. Um, and they're fed up. Honestly, I, I hear it every single day. People are fed up. People can't, you know, I go grocery shopping. I can't freaking afford basic groceries, you know, cost me 200 bucks to go feed myself for a week. And yet I'm making you know nineteen and a half dollars an hour, and that's another thing i mean uh, i've I've fought tooth and nail so many times with the union and with the company because our current agreement is set up to give us a standard three percent raise every year um so we went from making like eighteen and a half dollars last year to nineteen and a half this year you know and and so on for the next two years, I think until our contract is up. And, um, and, uh, and again, I'm totally protected to talk about my pay. <laughs> I could yeah. talk to, my pay, to whoever wants to know it. Um, you know, I don't, I think there are, I mean, there are places, there's a place in Michigan, uh, spring lakes or something like that. They make like $30 an hour as a, yeah. as a advisor, there are places out there that make way more money doing the same types of jobs. So for them to give us some, you know, bullshit answer of, oh, well, it's because of the contract, it's because of this. And you had even mentioned like, oh, well, you know, um, maybe we cut out some stuff to get other things. You'd have to show me in our contract where, because if in the way I look at it, we have less rights than other places. At least if I was non-unionized, I could hold that over their head and say, hey, if you don't want to give us the pay we're asking for, we're going to unionize and we're going to demand that pay or we're going to strike. But now our hands are tied because we are already unionized. We have a provision. They're saying we can't strike. We can't do anything about it. We're, for lack of a better term, completely powerless besides having uh, outlets like this to be able to share our stories and say, hey, you know, um, do with this knowledge as you will. You know, yeah. This is how the employees are treated and the employees are here. The, the employees are, are probably, again, look at the reviews. They're the best part of the business in my opinion and in other people's opinions as well um, we're fighting for the customers even though we're getting shit on daily <laughs> from our management and from the higher 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 management we're 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 fighting tooth and nail for customer rights our rights better treatment better quality better everything and and we just continue to get shit on and it's like why why, why does this have to be the case you know we just want this to be what you are setting the expectation and telling everybody it's going to be, you know, yep. you, you bring us in and tell us, you know, that you want this to be a, um, you know, a new kind of cannabis experience, I think is, is pretty close to what they're um.
0: Yeah. New kind of cannabis experiences and in get in, get the fuck out. Give me your money.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, I guess that is new because it's never been done cannabis before. But yeah. Usually you have to strike up a
0: conversation, good. all that good stuff, but no. Yeah. Yeah well hey dude i i hope that by taking advantage of the platform that it does help in some way i'd like to think that it that it does um so i just want to thank you for being willing to come out and speak um given everything and i i have to agree with your logic that you have just as much of a right to speak as they do on this and um That'll be an interesting thing. I do actually plan to to reach out to them, just in the, another spirit of fairness, to see if they have anything to say about their bathrooms or uh, you know any of the other allegations uh, or, or experiences experiences that have been shared on the show. So um, I'll be doing that soon. I'm going to be talking to a few more of your coworkers, but um, before we go, I heard anyone
1: really reach out. I mean, at, at this point,
0: yeah, think- yeah. You know what, listeners, if you don't. You know, like call Sunnyside and ask them about it right yeah, now.
1: Hold them, hold them accountable. Yeah. There's power to the people, you know, there's so. strength in numbers. And if we can't get it done, go
0: stand next to the window with a sign that says where's the toilet? I'm just joking. Maybe you guys don't want that. But hey, maybe honestly, that would make all the people. laugh. I would laugh. get
1: the biggest fucking laugh out of it. Just I like, might even have to come bring you a joint on when I clock
0: out. <laughs> fuck, yeah. Just, fuck yeah.
1: Just for doing something like that. Cause honestly, it's like I don't know where we're at at this point, you know, like how much further do we have to go to get the people on our side to say, Hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the big corporate guns and take a step back and realize, you know, this is a people first business, you know, um, and we need to take care of not just the people that, that we employ, but the people that we're selling to, you know?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely encourage
1: that anybody that's listening, anybody that wants to reach out, you know, we're, we're all here trying to trying to make a difference, you know, and and truthfully, I think that that goes for not just our store, but for any cannabis store in the state, you know, like, we all want the same things, we all want it to be federally legal, we all want cannabis to be, you know, uh, not a taboo thing anymore. It helps so many people. it's just, it's, it's beyond time for that to happen. And and companies doing this kind of bullshit is just going to set us back really is.
0: Oh yeah. They're setting. I mean, that's, that's kind of the issue here. It's the elephant in the room is that the way they set this market up is anti-consumer. So all the things you're talking about, like, yeah, you're right. They didn't set it up for the consumer. They set it up to get money in because they don't report to the consumer. They report to their shareholders. Like you say, they got to make that money back. They want to be profitable, baby. How do we do that? We limit yeah. licenses, we inflate the value of our prices and we shut out competition. We don't let people grow at home, all those different things that are antithetical, like you say, to the cannabis movement. So, well, Hey, uh, I gotta, I got a wrap, man. We, uh, we had a really good chat today and I want to thank you again sure. for setting aside time in your day to do this. So I yeah, wish you the you. best of luck in your future and please keep in touch.
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate having the platform. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, folks, I hope you found as much value in this episode as I did. We'll see you in the next episode of the Chilinoy podcast. Take care, everybody.